Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League. Uh, wow, we thought there was not going to be much to talk about on this episode, especially because Mark and I did this uh, less than a week ago uh, while he was traveling. And yet here we are with a whole lot to talk about, courtesy of several leaks, rumors, and announcements that hit in the past, I would say, 48 hours or so. Uh, but first, before we get to that, let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? And welcome back to the States. I'm actually still in Portugal. I just imported my room, uh, got all the, the stuff and, and put it behind me. Um, I flew in yesterday. It was like tw 20, tw or well, with the time change, I actually don't know how long it was. It was like at least over 12 hours of flying. Smell like sh I smelled like shit. I got a bunch of pimples. I got two pimples. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just from sitting in my greasy clothes from flying. Yeah. Uh, I'm jet lagged. And I watched a shitload of movies. That's that's what I did. Did you get to do anything cool while you were there? In Portugal? Yeah. Uh, I saw the Benagil Caves, I guess, would probably be the coolest thing I did. Maybe. You just, you just go tasting. to Portugal for a vacation or Yeah, like... my family my family was there, and so I don't see them that often. I was like, fuck nice. it, I'll go. So I went. Wow. So much, not much of a traveler. Excitement. Uh, are you traveling again anytime soon, Mark? I, I don't know. We'll find out soon. <laughs> I think it's so funny that like this event starts in a week or so, and we can't discuss whether or not we have to do. I'll be on a plane by the end of the week. If yeah, I'll be yeah, flying yeah. across the other side of the world in a week. Shit, what yes. I to say. Yes, it wouldn't. Wouldn't it be crazy if we have this one episode where you're at home, and then we have to figure out a way for you to, you do, to do this it all over again. again yeah that would be crazy yeah well i guess i guess we'll find out uh, from what i can tell everyone in, is trying to dodge msi as much as possible so i'm sure that they've gotten desperate enough that they'll need you yeah none of the cool kids are going anymore yeah bringing exactly. the shitters. yes exactly uh well let's introduce our guest for the night which is revenge how's it going revenge hello hello good good um how excited are you to be playing with ignore and lost uh this year Oh, Ignar and Lost. Well, Ignar, uh, Ignar has been announced, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you and Mark, you know, this whole show will just do nothing but questions about if Mark is casting or working at MSI and what the Immortals roster looks like, and then we'll just <laughs> see how much we can get out of you uh, before mm -hmm. the, the end of it, both of you guys. Yeah. Um, no, okay, so Ignar has been announced. Um Let's let's talk a little bit about the Ignar announcement. Were you uh, during the off season? I interviewed you and some of the other Immortals folks, and the, you were kind of positioned as like the guy building the roster, and like a lot of this was your vision. Um, so I'm curious if you're still involved in that way, and if so, if uh, Ignar was part of that vision. Um, yeah, I won't go too into detail, but. Um... I think in the last offseason, I definitely had a part in constructing the roster with um, uh, with Jordan. And it was definitely more stressful in the last offseason because we, we uh, our GM at that time uh, left the org at a kind of tough time. And I don't think we got, well, I don't know how to say this, I guess, but I definitely always wanted to play with Ignar. I think he's someone that, since I've been on FlyQuest with him, and he's like a really, really good player, of course. So 
Uh, this offseason, when I guess we went about some of our changes, once I found out that we had an open import slot, I definitely wanted to play with Ignar. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. it's cool to uh, it's cool to see that you've had that. I, I think Power of Evil is even more of a fan, given that he's been posting memes about the two of them being reunited and all that stuff. So I'm sure that's... Uh, yeah, that's... I mean... <laughs> I mean, Pee-wee, Ignar, I, I, was, I was able to watch how they played together when I was uh, in Academy on FlyQuest, because yeah. I watched like all their scrims, uh, obviously a lot of their LCS games as well, and uh, I mean, it, it's pretty insane. They're like mid-support mid synergy, I guess like mid-support and jungle synergy as a three is really important. I think it's, it's, it's not something that teams... Or I guess like maybe like on the analyst side, people like kind of focus on enough as like a trio, but it's a really important trio, and I think I think just having two or two of the three pieces in that trio be really strong together in their synergy is like always insane, and then that kind of like helps the jungler or whoever the third piece is to just kind of mesh really well with them. So, um, so one question I have about these roster changes and something I always like to ask like the teams is like, what is the goal for the team now? Cause, um, you know, like people always say like, oh, is it development rosters are trying to make worlds? Is it just trying to, um, acquire pieces that they think will lead to worlds in the future soon? You know, like, uh, what obviously you guys finished your ninth last split or yeah, like bought it ninth or 10th. Don't remind me, but yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly have to go look. I don't remember. I'm not trying, that wasn't trying to flame. I actually forgot how the, the season ended. But, but either way. Um, you, you, guys, know, like, you guys didn't get as much heat because TSM was there. They drew all the aggro. So yeah, you guys yeah, were yeah, able yeah. to People just forgot. Yeah, yeah, skirt yeah. by. Uh, technically <laughs> tied, but I think you lost the head-to-head -head with TSM or something. Uh, but so like obviously 10th is not the goal. But um, like what? What is the the site set for this team? Like, what does a successful summer look like for Immortals? Even you know you haven't announced all the changes yet, but like, what is what is it you guys trying to do? Mm, I mean, I've I've heard that question asked a lot uh, in the sense of like an org POV or kind of like people's expectations versus what's going to happen. But I think if you ask any player this and they don't say Worlds, like even CLG's roster, then I don't think any of those players should be playing in LCS. Like, I think every player's goal should be pushing themselves to be a world-class player or make it to Worlds and be the best in their region. So that's, of course, my goal and that expectation that I'm going to set for myself. I'm pretty sure every, every player on my team also has that expectation. Um, I think, I think like, yeah, even even if it sounds like, you know, if people want to look from the outside and think that's like a delusional answer or whatever, it, it's just like the truth. Like, I, I honestly can't, I can't say like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be happy with top seven or top six or something like. We want to limp into playoffs. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't think any player should ever answer like that, unless they're just there to steal paychecks, I guess. Which then it's like whatever, you know. But like for me, I just want to like I, I, at least my expectation with this roster is that we can make worlds. You know, I I, I don't know mm -hmm. if I know like I know I've learned that orgs have certain expectations based on certain spending. I know that's a thing that I've learned in this last year, but um, yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone on our roster has like, so far at least has definitely the the hunger to go to Worlds, so. Yeah, yeah. that's a good answer. I like that. Um, well, I'm sure we'll have more people to, uh, calling in to talk about the Immortal stuff as well, but there's a lot to talk about. So one, 
Uh, we've gotten more information on MSI. Uh, I saw people, a couple people asking me this in the chat. Uh, I am not going to MSI um, in person. Uh, they are basically, so basically what they are doing right now is they're offering media the ability to go sit in the audience and have access to a workroom. But if you go, all of your access is still through Zoom. Like all your interviews and stuff will still be through Zoom. So there's not really a point for the type of content that I create in going there in person. Um, and there's obviously a lot of uh, restrictions and stuff. Uh, so I'll be doing it online. Uh, but uh, to answer that question, also, we have a whole lot of information. So uh, Revenge clearly can't talk about the the rumor, the report from Upcomer that Immortals is going to acquire Lost. But Mark and I can. Um, <laughs> we, we have other changes that have been announced, other information, including uh, Summit being released, as well as Winsome and Isles from Cloud9. That was just a short time ago. Uh, from MVP to Free Agent, which I think there's a ton to talk about along that. I have a lot of things to say. Um, so I'm sure we'll get a call about that. Uh, KI Duo is also leaving TSM. Uh, they had another change that they announced. Yeah, Maple was not announced, but yeah. um, was heavily implied. Yes. Um, there's also been rumors about, I, I think it's Mia. I don't know if it's MIA or Mia, but uh, him as well as Bo potentially. But I think the Bo rumor's dead. Um, but there's been a couple like things swirling around. Your son moving to inactive roster. Uh, as well. Oh, and Jensen then, is supposedly joining C9. Yeah, yeah. So on the C9 front, I think we have the unannounced roster is supposed to be um, Fudge back to top and then Blabber and Jensen to mid and then Berserker and Zven. Zven playing support. So that is the supposed C9 roster. It's the one I've heard. It's the one that's also been reported. So I feel pretty confident in that, but who knows? They change their stuff last minute sometimes. Um, I think the Isles departure is kind of surprising because um, I, I he was he was potentially going to play for them at the start of this year before um, stuff got changed. So maybe they decided to have uh, I don't know this Ven stuff just seems like a better situation. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. There's been just like a scattering of different stuff as well. I'm curious what happens to Golden Guardians. Because we've heard that Lost is leaving um, to go to a team. Who knows which one? Right, Revenge? And then also uh, there's, I don't know. I think it'll just be fascinating to see because they, they yeah, also I think I, will I have some pretty big changes. We're definitely not done with the, the roster moves, but we already have a lot to talk about. Like yes. Golden Guardians definitely has more with at least who they're going to pick up. And then, you know, if some of the rumblings that I had heard otherwise, uh, they might have some other stuff, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Yes. And so uh, the, who knows about this Biofrost brownie face tweet? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. You might I don't know if that shit, is related know. to the most recent political news, but it's very unlike yeah. a player to comment on political news. So I feel like it's there's something happening there. I had not heard any rumors of him, him leaving dig. So revenge. Have you heard any rumors of changes? Oh, well, fake on, God. Suppose, so fake God got released, right? So it could be related to that news. Maybe they didn't get the top they wanted. Maybe they want summit and summit said, no, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I've heard I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of rumblings, I guess. What have you leak them? Why not? Would you would well, you be surprised, <laughs> Revenge, if Biofrost is not playing for Dignitas at the yeah, start I of would, summer? Yeah, I would be surprised. Okay. Uh, I 
I actually that's one thing I I didn't hear. Okay. Uh, I, I, I did not hear just, that either. So like, just I think about it. I mean, like, like if you think logistically, like they're probably keeping River. Um, they got rid of Fakeod and NA tops are not that good, so they probably want to import an NA top or an uh, you know, they probably want to import a top winner. And that'll be two imports. So who would they replace Biofrost with? That's an NA support. I I did hear that River was like, so, like on the soft market. I guess is maybe uh, how to put it, right? Like, like his contract. They're entertaining conversations. It's not a situation where they're actively like looking for somebody, but that um, there's a potential that River could end up on another team if they had somebody come to them. Uh, I with, think. Like, I think right that was there. more like them trying to maybe they were trying to flip him, you know, like, hey, he looks good, right? Who wants him? Yeah, Give yeah, me a yeah. million dollars, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, so, I won't say too much. I just, I just know Dig is like, I don't know. They're they seemed a little all over the place. That's all. They all they seem there. like the kind of org that will do like literally any like they're down for whatever. Yeah. Like. We're just here for a good time, guys. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> anybody want to swap some players? Anybody want to move some stuff? We, we're here for a good time and not trying to lose money. Here yeah. We yeah. yeah. I don't. I, so I don't. I don't really know what's going on with with Dig, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. I I didn't hear anything about Biofrost. I'll just say that though. Okay. I would actually be. I thought he had a good split too. So. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard anything either, so that's why I think the tweet is very interesting. So I'm curious if that means that like maybe River did end up someplace else, or some. You know, maybe that he said about something related to the roster. Um. So, uh, there, there. Yeah, I will talk more as the show goes on. Um. Yeah. I think that's it. Is there anything else that we are missing? Twitch chat, Mark, Revenge. Anything that we haven't talked about? I think that's everything. So we can start to get into calls. Mark, do you want to explain how the show works? There's one more thing. Oh, I just thought of this. It's, it's just a meme. Everyone's talking about NA talent and they're saying like, oh, Jojo and Danny. And they're, they're listing all these names of NA talent. How come no one ever brings up revenge when we're talking about NA talent? Huh? This guy's uh, I, I guess crushing I have it in to top lane. I have to win finals. Uh, yeah, LCS. That's I think it. Yeah, right. I think it helps a lot when you join, and in your first split, you go to MSI. Yeah. <clears throat> I think no, that, that's where's, where's your former M MVP LEC jungler? That's what you. That's what you need. Uh, I mean, I can. I mean, I, I think I actually like that the EG staff has actually talked about their NA talents, but at the same time, they're acknowledging that it's a lot more like their structure the fact that there's somebody like impact and even like the imports like the imports like uh inspired surrounding them as well as like such a strong player like vulcan on the roster like like that core of three is insanely strong and i'm sure you could slot in a lot of players in ad and mid that would perform well with that team with those with that core but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean to take away from danny and jojo but it's just like um the eg staff acknowledges that and I think that it's cool to me that Jojo and Danny have been able to like actually grow with this roster. Like you, you could see from their regular season to now how much they've improved. So that's cool to me. And I'm glad that at least EG staff isn't being like, like full on delusion, like some of the, you know, community where it's like, you know, ah, like just get every single NA player now, fuck all imports and stuff. It's like, that that's not really smart. Yeah, there's I a think. balance. Yeah, I think that's not really smart. 
um, some of the things I've seen are definitely some really shit takes. Um, like, oh, like, oh my gosh, like Hundred Thieves and TL's roster are so bad because they don't have like a single NA player and stuff, and it's like, like that's not the take that we should have now because EG beat them. You know, it should be like lifting up EG more, yeah. right? And that, and the fact that like NA, you know you can bring up talent whether it's na or you know even younger talent from other regions right it's just bringing up talent in general requires like a here's, method here's the I counterpoint is, revenge uh, yeah the mvp yeah, player of this split is now going back to korea uh this tweet just came out one minute ago from summit uh quote even though oh, it was only okay. a short time i'd like to say thank you to my team members and coaches Especially, I want to thank our management for being considerate and taking good care of the Korean players, even though we didn't speak good English. I'm going back to Korea now, but I will keep on cheering Cloud9 and Berserker. I ho hope to meet Cloud9 in a good match in the future. Thank you. So there you guys go. This is where the he's, LCS has gotten you. It's gotten mean, you to the point going, where a does player he mean he's comes going over. Back to Korea now? Yes. For like vacation no. or like playing there? No. It's gotten to the point now where. LCS is such so fucking ridiculous. We've jumped the shark to the point where we bring a player over, we run them, they get MVP, and then we send them back to Korea after one split. That is where we've gotten. Folks, when I talk about brand building, when I talk about player retention, when I talk about turnover in this league and how... I really do think that viewership is intrinsically linked to our ability to retain talent and build storylines around players and make people care about players. This is the shit I am talking about. Travis, you don't know what you're talking about. This is great for the league. You know what the problem was last year with Perks and Alfari and Sword Art? They stayed too fucking long. Did we, we had them a whole them? Two, split, no. two splits. Yeah, two splits. Two splits is a joke. One splits the new meta. You know what? Next split, I don't even want anyone to stay on their team longer than three weeks. Blow up all ten rosters after three weeks and shuffle them around. I was gonna wait. Dude. I was gonna wait till the like call about summit to to talk about this stuff. But because the news is breaking right now, I want to tell an anecdote. Uh, back in like 2017, when I was at Yahoo, I went to South by Southwest in Austin, and I met a very lovely couple there who were league fans and they were nice enough to invite me out to dinner and I went out to dinner with them and they were just great. And I've actually stayed in touch with them where when I go back to Austin to talk to Dell or to do South by Southwest or something, I, I meet up with them. I was in uh, Austin two weeks ago for a wedding. I met up with them and I asked them, Hey, are you guys still following league? And they're like, no, we stopped watching. And I said, why was that? And they said, well, it's just frustrating because like, you just you become fans of these players and then the players all like leave or they leave and then they come back or like they don't stay on the same team so like the team that you're rooting for no longer like one one year now they've lost all their players they called out explicitly FlyQuest that year that FlyQuest went to Worlds and then the the five players on it all dispersed and went different places and uh this is exactly what I am talking about whenever I say this stuff and I do think like one argument for NA talent is that you just are way less likely to get this kind of boomerang situation where you have a player come over here, do this stuff, and then go someplace else. Um, so we'll talk more about what I've heard specifically about the Summit stuff whenever we get to a call about it. I don't want to take up the entire first half of the show just going over the 
Summit stuff, but I've heard some interesting things. So we will get into that in just a second. Uh, Mark, I see you have not pulled a single person into the waiting room. Was I supposed to? Well, normally you do by this point in time. Do you want to explain how the show works? Sure. Uh, never seen the show before. It's a live call-in show, which means you'll be able to come on air and talk with us. Go ahead and join the Discord link that I am spamming in Twitch chat right now. When you get here, go ahead and join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channels. Meet your microphone when you get in. Up above, there'll be the Pleb Topics text channel. That's where you'll go and put your take. Type in whatever you want to say, whatever roster rumors you want to talk about. I don't think we really want to cover Summer Split or MSI. We'll probably try and keep it pretty focused on... Um, roster stuff as well as immortals slash revenge stuff so if there's anything about spring split you want to ask him about um you know we can do that uh when if i like your take i'll pull you into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it's your time to come on air we'll do a quick mic check and then you'll be on to talk and if you are a sub thank you for being a sub first off uh we are at 997 subs so we're three away from a thousand if anybody feels like subbing um but make sure that you sync your Twitch account with your Discord so that you can get access to the subtopics channel where you can put your take. It moves a little slower in there. It doesn't guarantee you coming on, but uh, it is a cool way to do that. Uh, while Mark is pulling folks uh, into the chat, oh, by the way, thank you everybody who's throwing a bunch of subs. I see that right now. Uh, while Mark is pulling folks into the waiting room, uh, Revenge, what do you think of Summit leaving the region, especially because you were playing against him uh, obviously the split. Um, I mean, it's a little disappointing because I thought he was one of the stronger laners and I was, I wish in a way he had a good playoffs performance too. And, you know, he stayed and just, just because of the practice I would get playing against him in a way, but I, I have heard a lot of things, uh, reasons why I guess it didn't work out with him and stuff. So I guess I understand it a bit now. And I think, um, I think from the outside looking in, it does seem a bit difficult. But I think, in general, to me, it just kind of proves that I think importing players is not just easy. Um, even though Summit had a great performance, your performance and what you're doing outside of the game are two different things and eventually your happiness outside of the game will actually matter it's like like lcs is kind of a marathon at least the way you should look at it like a split is a marathon and by the end of it you can kind of burn out or just you know not be yourself right and i think that was definitely the case with summit from what i saw and i just think maybe na didn't work out for him and i think not, not to say like it's like C9's fault or C9 failed. I, I think it's like every person's different. I'm sure C9 has like a okay environment for Korean players, but or just imports in general. But it's just not for everyone, you know. Like it's it's not easy just going to another country and just living there and playing there and making it your life while you're doing something super stressful. Like LCS is very stressful, you know. So I think people forget that too. Yeah. No, I'm sure we'll talk more about it over the course of this. Is there any part of you that blames Raz uh, for what has happened here? Uh, honestly, Raz, if you really, really, really go into details about everything, it somehow ends up being Raz's fault. If you yeah. really think about it, like yeah. maybe Summit saw him twerking and just saw, said, "Hey, like this is not this is not for me, and I have to leave. <laughs> I have to go back to Korea." Like, <laughs> so true. 
if you really if you really go into detail he's like this circus of a region is it, it could I, somehow I, be raz's fault get like, me really out of here about it. oh, oh, oh that's Ra actually a great take i just noticed raz is in the chat i'm sorry raz we didn't we didn't see you here so i <laughs> apologies for uh yeah all right <laughs> he was like i, I could win spring but then i'll be stuck here so i need to int my ass off at the end of the year to, so that c9 releases me from my contract otherwise i'll be stuck seeing raz twerk yeah oh, uh, i mean int his ass off so he can avoid seeing raz's ass i think <laughs> uh mark you want to grab the first caller sure all right off mark goes thank you to uh, we got a ton of subs thanks everybody uh, DJ Morali, Wooden Post, Photo LOL, John Zoidberg for giving out subs. There were a bunch of people beforehand. I got you guys shouted out, but T-Bone. Uh, oh, Simon, thank you for the two years. Avura, uh, America Vespucci, 90-267, Smoke Dog, Shiny Froki for 50 months. Holy crap. Uh, Salaskalig, uh, Duke by Fall, uh, Portillo is here to hear us talking about C9. Zamilkai, Team Hezzy, Cyber Healer, and Prince. Okay, so we should have Mark here in just a second. Um, and we'll shout out more of those. I saw some some additional subs uh, in just a second. But we're waiting on Mark to return. And we will. I will be converting to a MSI schedule soon. So that'll be very fun. I'm excited Oof. for that. We can all... Korea schedule. Yeah. Dude, I'm so excited nice. for Worlds this year. It's like the first time in so long that I won't have to like somewhat dread an international event because of what it will do to me brain-wise. Okay. Hello. Wizard is here. Wizard, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Gulfport, Mississippi. Mississippi. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I wanted to say... Here, I'll read my take. I said, Winsome was not an LCS-ready product and Summit was a poor teammate after LS's departure. As a result, C9 making roster moves at those two slash three positions is the smartest thing they could have done. They uh, added the best top laner from 2021, the best performing NA mid laner at Worlds last year, and a Core JJ Aphromoo-esque ADC to support Roll Swap in Zven. I think they're going to win Summer Split, and Jensen Fudge will be first team All-Pro, and I don't think that vote will be close. Jensen will be first team groups. all pro. I think Jensen will be all, first team all pro. Why not MVP? Ah, uh, why not MVP? I think that Danny has way too much momentum going into summer split, and if he continues to perform well and maybe ups his laning, that his fan base will make that very difficult. Gotcha. Okay. But I I do also think that they'll be able to. All the way going forward to groups, if this, if specifically if Sven works at support, I believe they'll get out of groups and they'll be set up for a, a possible deep run with how each one of their uh, all five positions seem set up for uh, international success. I also, really I was love the that... roster retention guy, and I still don't think it's a problem even between I, slits. Splits. I love that Raz in the chat was like, "This is a lot to unpack," and then you continued on with a, a world's prediction, uh, which is very funny. Sorry. No, 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 you're good. You're good. It, uh, it's the quintessential uh, hotline league take where you start with something and then you just go till the end of the year. You're yeah, like, yeah, no, exactly. It is. There is no spicy. point in the year where we do not get a world's prediction built in to the answer like, at some point. It's like time. week four, spring split. Like, yeah. yeah, they had a really rough week three, but I think they'll bounce back. 
do well in playoffs, miss MSI, then get top three in summer and get quarterfinals. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just I just pulled you for the fact that we don't need to panic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's back up a little bit. We'll save the world's takes for maybe sometime starting in July or uh, August, but let's talk a bit about <laughs> the Cloud9 so, conversation here. So here's what I'll say. I have another take pulled more about the, like the managerial side about like the kind of collapse of the roster, and so sure. maybe you know we can save that discussion. Later, so this is more least, about the roster changes specifically. Yeah, for like yeah. summer, like yeah. revenge. How do you feel about this roster that they've put together, like just on paper? Like, did, should fans think that this is a good roster? Is this kind of like a what the fuck is this? Like, how do you feel looking at it? Um, I so I guess just speaking on the roster, um, I think I think it really depends on two things, I guess, which which would be like how. Sven does in support if he's actually playing support, which you said. I, I think, I think support like role swapping into support is not easy. Um, just because I think laning in bot lane has a lot of nuances, which I, I guess Sven would you know should know as an ADC, but it's not the same as you know actually performing it right. Like I think I think I I can't see someone swapping into support and just being like immediately insane. At least that's just my feeling. Um, I don't really know what Sven is capable of on that role at all. And then it's also going to depend on Fudge's return to top lane. I, I don't know how that transition will be for him. Um, I think Fudge ended last year on a really good note for like for his performance in top lane. I think just going right back into it from mid, though, might be a bit awkward for him, especially depending on the meta. Um, Ending first all pro and yeah I I don't I don't really know about that uh, I'm not I I don't I don't know if Fudge and Jensen will end first all pro but also again Jensen has been on a break now for a while as well so that's that's another thing too so there's just a lot of factors involved I think it's very unpredictable to be honest yeah no yeah. I I think that's right I mean a lot of people were excited to see Bjergsen come back and obviously he was on a break for a lot longer than Jensen was, but it's it's clearly taking him some time to get back into the swing of things. And there was a tweet that went viral this weekend of uh, Jensen at a rave, which was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. So, uh, we you know, we don't know how much time he's been spending, um, you know, at events uh, versus uh, preparing to, to his return. I'm just kidding. I think he's played a lot of Champions Q, if I recall. But um, either way, I think it's... It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens here, and I'm not, I'm not convinced, because the other thing, um, wizard is that I think that they are basically like this is in essence like a full, not a full full, but a pretty big rebuild of the team, at a time when all these other rosters have been playing for since lock in since January, and now they're kind of like constructing this last minute. And so I just feel like you're asking a lot out of this roster in a very short time. And I'm not saying that they can't do it, but it is like they have a whole lot of catch up that they need to play before they get to a point where like they're all getting all pro and they're making a run at worlds and all that type of stuff. Um, can I ask revenge? What are your thoughts on like, I, I guess a little bit more on what are your thoughts on fudge going back to top lane? Um, 
I think I think it's smart of him. I don't think he should have started in like I don't think he should have swapped mid lane in the first place. I don't know if that's being too harsh, but I think I think it would have been nicer to just see him continue building on his career as a top laner. Uh, I think it was fun to play against him. I think he was really solid laner at the role. I just I never agreed with the fact that he should swap in the first place. So I think I guess God for him to be back. Um, I guess I wanted to also ask you what you meant though when you said Summit uh, Summit was being a bad teammate. Uh, what, what, what did you mean by that? So I, I don't mean like from a personality perspective. It seemed I, I, I can't remember where I read it, so I'm not going to try to quote anybody. But it seemed like after LS's departure, he wasn't willing to step out of his champion comfort zone as in when it come time for his pick in a draft he seemed set on his pick regardless of whether it really was a good pick versus the enemy team or with his team comp or not i mean i know the blabber didn't really give him a ton of attention and resources but um and that that could have changed the way those games played out but the way that they were being played where he was left alone for so much of the time, uh, he could have picked a bit more team-oriented, and as a result, he just wasn't meshing well with the team. I didn't mean that from, like, a, this guy was raging in comms or anything. Re Revenge, did you ever hear any any gossip behind the scene? Any any top laners uh, at chat with C9, uh, their players, about what was going on, you guys, at finals weekend together, and People, um, people spilling their guts? No, I, I mean, I know things I've heard personally that I, I, I won't say, but I, I don't think he, I, I think their environment was, was fine. I, I, I do think it's a little funny, the whole, like, when people, like, from a fan perspective, everyone sees it like, oh, LS's departure, or like, like, people still view LS leaving the org as like a, like, like, like a bad thing thing but like you guys have to understand like that would never have ha happened if the players didn't want it I, I i guess like i don't i don't mean to like throw ls under the bus but it's like it's like it happened for a reason you know like c9 is not a shit org to the sense where they're just gonna like boot a coach who had a lot of publicity unless it was for a reason so that's just one thing like i i don't think ls's departure like severely doomed negatively it, it didn't doom the org and it didn't severely negatively like affect summit either that's just troll i also think summit the reason summit played the champs he did and in the way he was picking them was because if, if he didn't i think that team would have been a lot worse to split i i think um part of the reason they were so exposed in playoffs was because summit was not only not like overperforming and carrying them but he was also playing bad right which made them look even worse and i i just think a big reason they were winning a lot of games that they shouldn't have during the split was because of Summit. So it only made sense for him to keep playing those things to give them wins, right? Like, I think that's fair for him, right? Like, I'm sure in scrims they were trying things and it wasn't really working when he wasn't playing his main carry champions. So, um, is that I, I think Summit's I think, fault, yeah. Revenge? Like, is it? Like, is that a situation no. where it's like, well, okay, he has a champion thimble, so he can't actually like pick enough stuff and that's the, he just loses when you stick him on something else or do you think it's just the team itself was kind of one dimensional it wasn't his fault well i see it in in two ways like i, I think part of it might be his fault just because i like 
Well, it depends on like what you view as like his fault, right? Like, if he's like the super carry of that team, then he has to play those champions and perform like overperform, like I said, for them to win. Like, I I really think he was such a core reason that C9 was winning any games. Like, I'm he he can play a lot of other champions. Like, he just can't play them at the level in which he needs to to like carry the team to a win. You know, like, I, like the guy can play more than the Nar and the Chase. You know, it, it, it's just I, maybe not at the point where I, I guess just a little, just to backtrack one, one, one little bit too is those champions are also really strong in draft phase because they actually don't need a lot of attention in terms of bans and they're blindable. Whereas a lot of other champions that I'm sure he can carry on, like Camille, for example, or like Aatrox need a lot more attention in the ban phase, which he also wasn't getting, right? So that that's one way to view it too. Well, and I think to your point, like, can they lock in Orn and win the game just through the other two lanes and like the rest of the team? Whereas it felt like a lot of teams in playoffs could could kind of win that way. Um, and I think that was, that was my concern as well when things started falling apart and like he wasn't playing as well and not like solo 1v9ing. I was like, how do they win games from here? Um, and I don't think that that team had an answer. So like, it's from the outside for me. I don't know exactly who to blame, but I, I definitely agree with the idea that like, well, Nar can be drafted early, blind, win lane, and then make big plays in the in the mid game. So that he's going to play Nar, and like, I, I get where where this is coming from, but I don't I don't know what he's supposed to play, um, especially in, in like you said in playoffs, people are focusing down a lot more. So yeah, I mean that's the other thing is like he kind of got this spotlight put on him too. And he became like, people kind of began to know cause, cause you guys also have to keep in mind too, that team scrim C9. So they also know even more of their weaknesses. Right. So I think, I think, uh, I don't think that he could have locked in Orin and won the game. Um, I think you need a really strong bot lane who will like frequently win lane phase or go even and not fall behind in the lane phase to actually pull off tanks in top lane right now successfully. Um, or just like a reliable, you know, just reliable DPS from the other side of the map consistently. Like I think EG, like EG impact could play tanks. Even so I think EG's falling was consistently losing lane because I, I think honestly they got like miracle skirmishes thanks to like inspired or, uh, even Vulcan. And that would kind of give Danny a lead back, but like. Yeah, I think I think uh, having a reliable bot lane in general, I guess, is really important um, to like pull off these top lane tanks, like this hundred thieves style uh, someday Orn. You know, um, that's just really important. Um, Recentering back on the take from from Wizard about heading into summer, uh, I agree. The the first team all pro stuff is is pretty ambitious. And I can see a world where this team is ready to go by worlds and like they're competent and they're making a good playoff push. But uh, as Travis said, you have a lot of players role swapping back. I think of the people, like Fudge might have the easiest time, honestly, of getting back into into the the grind of things because at least he never left the pro scene and like was scrimming the whole time and um, he he like his role swap wasn't that long ago, so like he probably can get back the fastest, but. But Sven's legit picking up a new role. Yes, it's in the same lane. Um, but as people are kind of arguing about in Twitch chat, a lot of the role swaps need to split before they're kind of working out who he, um, core JJ. There's a lot of people who swap to support, actually. Um, 
uh, I said Afro, right? Afro, Core JJ. I'm forgetting one. Afro, Core JJ, and then um, double a switch from support to ADC. No, who he? That's what I was talking about. Who he? Yeah, who he yeah. took took some time um, as well. So either way, like may, maybe by the end of the split, Sven's finding his groove, but I don't think he's like gonna like lock in Alistar and find like this fatty flank to like win a team fight that the good Alistars do. You know, like in week two and three. Um, uh so, so I, I think the team has the potential to get there, but it, it might be a bit of a rocky start, honestly. I don't know. I feel like um, Spence positioning at Baron on Ezreal could do much better with an Alistar <laughs> instead of Ezreal. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, do we? Yeah, when he, when he, gets, when he gets fucking uh, Skarner ulted, he can just uh, Alistar out, alt out of it. There you go. Uh, Mark, do we have... Any other calls about Summit leaving, like about the MVP Summit stuff? Like in him Not leaving? really the MVP stuff. I have one about, like I said, the more managerial side that we might dig into a little bit, though. Kind of talked about it some. Yeah, I guess I'll save it. I'll save some of the stuff I've heard I mean, for that I have one small note on MVP Summit leaving regarding what my take was, was that I felt like um, having Fudge top lane and using the imports a lot more wisely, or even having Jensen mid lane would have given the win condition and the the easier I, i'm not saying that i think that fudge was better than summit but if you had somebody mid lane that could have taken those resources and had fudge top in the first place i i think it would have been better and that's why i feel that way about how things would go in summer so here's one thing i'll say about summer we didn't talk about while i'm sad that we're losing mvp summit here's a hot take i would rather have lost summit than berserker oh i agree uh, like I think Berserker is going to be nuts. I think he already is nuts. I just think he didn't have a good laner to showcase it. I don't even and think that's like, a hot take, be... by the way. What's that? I don't even feel like that's a hot take. Well, I, I think it's not a hot take because Summit collapsed towards the right. end. But I, I would have said this like week nine, you know, or week seven or something, you know, like um, Summit, not like people get developed and this is like, that's the, the be all end all they're ever going to be. But like Summit was someone who we had seen him in Korea and other places for a, a, a pretty long period of time and while he was really good he was not like nuggery or like legit like best in the world caliber um and i'm not saying that's like what berserker is going to be but there's like that feeling that he's still untapped a little bit and I, I don't know how great he he can end up being and like that potential to me is very interesting um and I know NA might not be the best ecosystem for like continuing to develop that, but like this is exactly what I wanted when I like three years ago was talking about trying to find talent in other regions who are young. Like, could you have found Chovy before Chovy developed? Like, that's what I feel like Berserker could be. Like, he could have been one of the best 80 carries in Korea right now, and we got our hands on him. Yeah. So, so instead, he'll be a mid around. 80 carry, but still the best in North America. <laughs> <laughs> he he might be a legit hope, you know, like if they make worlds like even not even this year but in the future you know like berserker could be one of those guys who's like helping us out uh thank you so much wizard for the call anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break yeah um i'd like to shout out y'all for putting on the show uh, i have a alienware computer so shout out to alienware i'd like to shout out my wife for taking my three-year-old out of the room when y'all pulled me or this could have been a disaster um and shout out to revenge i I hope to see on playoffs in summer. Yeah, y'all have a good night. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. We're going to take a quick break to talk 
about Alienware. Shout out to Alienware. Thank you to Alienware for making so many awesome things. Uh, I am using, and you guys have heard me talk about this before, the Alienware 34-inch ultra-wide monitor, the QD OLED. Go take a look at this. The reviews still keep coming in. And it is, there's, there's, I've seen headlines that are like the best gaming monitor ever and all sorts of crazy stuff. So highly, highly check, uh, suggest you guys check it out. It is a beautiful monitor and it is, uh, in a league of its own at the moment. So if you're thinking about doing some sort of cool upgrade for your space, uh, maybe take a look at the new Alienware 34 inch, uh, computer or sorry, monitor whenever you're looking for an upgrade alongside your computer. Again, you can go to Alienware.com slash Travis if you'd like to check that out. And we uh, will have a new uh, code soon, by the way, because we're we're flipping over some stuff right now. So I don't have a code for you guys this time. But if anybody's in the market to try to buy something, just stay tuned or maybe even tweet at me this week if you really need to purchase something because we're hopefully getting that new code in and functional in the next day or so. Either way, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Uh, we really appreciate everything they do. And... Uh, Hopefully you guys go check them out. All right, Mark is off to go grab the next caller. We're gonna shout out some subs here. Grim Sun Donned, Tom Shu, uh, PJ Salt, Fanboy HS, uh, Nolsan, Lexar gifted three subs, The Liquidator, Subacteria, uh, Puck Furp, ZD Wilson, Adam, X, Adam Axis, uh, Sassy Skunk, 69. Uh, Nime Sava, uh, Chameleon, and Epsilon. We'll get some more subs. Shout out in a second. But Oscar's here. Oscar, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I know very little about Wisconsin, so I have nothing interesting to comment on where you're from. But what would you like to talk about on the show? So my take is that, okay, we were just talking about Cloud9 and their organizational side. We have... What is my favorite team, though, TSM. And I think they are going to be better positioned after this split due to the fact that they blew up in the offseason as opposed to Cloud9, which blew up in the middle of the split. Cloud9 right now, they are looking a little shaky because they have made some moves and they are... Oh, my goodness, I'm throwing. You hate to see it. They yeah, are okay. making some roster switches in the middle of the season, and they're making uh, switches with their coaching staff, as opposed to TSM, which they're keeping the same direction that they had at the beginning of the split. If we take a look at Korea for uh, Cloud9 and TSM, which is like the Chinese route, that's what they wanted to take. Um, TSM is still sticking with the Chinese route, and Cloud9 has completely blown up their roster in the direction they wanted to take. I I agree. I find that normally whenever I a strategy that I've had fails, I just stick with it and then find success whenever I rerun back the same strategy. I'm just, I'm just okay, kidding. You, you made Revenge have to pinch his nose and rub his forehead so far hard his, his glasses came off. He like... Revenge I, I, looks like he's struggling. No, I mean, I just, I, I'm just, I, I'm like actually trying to like make sense of what you said. So like a team booming, like, so, so what did you mean by like TSM is better because they boomed in the off season? 
uh, I'm confused. Like, did it TSM during, boom the during the regular season? Yeah. So let, let, let me let me explain because I, I did definitely troll there. Um, TSM made some interesting changes with their roster in the off season going to the Chinese route, right? And Cloud Nine went towards the Korean route. But if we look at their rosters now, Cloud Nine is not going towards that route anymore, whereas TSM still is. And that stability, I think, going forward is going to give them the ability to adapt and grow as an organization. They're going to be able to build off of this brand of Chinese. They're going to be able to keep their uh, coaching staff as opposed to Cloud9, which they're making some changes and they're completely changing their direction from the last split. So, so do you, you think keeping like, like, so you think TSM is building up a brand of just importing Chinese players? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as, as opposed to making these switches, uh, which Cloud9 is, and I think that you know they're going to have the better roster for this season. I like their players better on paper, but I think that TSM has a better direction moving forward. At least as a TSM homer, that's the hope that I. I, I will try. To, I will try to give like a more streamlined version of this take. You can look at C9 and you can say, well, they had this like set strategy and set direction at the beginning of this year. And now they're like, they're scrambling. They have to send Fudge back top. They have to bring Jensen back to this roster. He hasn't been playing for a while. Now you're, you're role swapping in ADC. It's messy and you're doing this last minute. Whereas CSM has a clear strategic vision for their team. Again, this is me helping the call. They have a, a clear strategic vision for the team, which is we want to build around the idea of players who understand kind of the LPL background. And we think LPL is like the best region. So we're going to start, you know, we're going to pull from there and we're going to do all this stuff. And so because TSM boomed early, they were able to like stick to the strategy and map things out. Whereas C9, they're scrambling in the offseason to try to figure stuff out and they're doing all these weird things that don't really fit to a strategy. And so long term, TSM, because they're committed to the strategy, that's how it's going to work out. I've given yeah, it the best shine that I can. They're, they're so committed to that young mid lane talent search that they were doing that they grabbed Maple. Really upcoming superstar. Just like the same situation as Tidewell for sure. Um, yeah, my take is I think um i think on paper um tsm's roster is a bit better but i think at the end of the day i don't really think this import experiment is working out and the fact that they're kind of doubling down with it again like this multicultural strategy is just not like not multicultural but like just just full like you know Chinese imports, Korean imports, and then just just trying to make it work. I, I think it's it's hard. It, no matter whether or not they've already had the infrastructure for it, I think I think it's just there's just so many factors that play. Kind of like I said, where just importing players in general has to be a process where the org is really attentive to making the import work, and the player himself also enjoys the life here and can can assimilate as well. It's it's not easy. It doesn't matter how good you are as a player. It's more than just your gameplay that has to make stuff like this work, and that's why I'm still not going to give TSM the benefit of the doubt to make it work. Um, that that's just my take. Um, I honestly think C9 is way better off 
bringing in Jensen and using Sven, and he, and, and of course Fudge roll swapping, roll swapping back to top. Then uh, then TSM just adding in new players again who are not familiar with being in NA at all. It's a complete coin flip. Maybe they'll really mesh really well. Maybe they won't. It's just yeah, they're not better off at all, to be honest. Yeah, I think uh, like. The, I think saying multicultural is fair, given that you also have Chawi, who's uh, coming over, like, is the head coach now. Uh, I forgot who came in the middle of the season um, as strategic coach. Oh, Glenn, he was. Glenn. Uh, Glenn, you're right. I think he might be uh, GM, or is he strategic coach? I, I forget, was it GM or strategic coach? Um, but, you know, like, obviously, you have Maple, Taiwanese, and then Shenyi. Like, so it is multicultural it is like also multicultural in north america <laughs> so like to revenge's point there's a lot of elements that like outside the game may, might not line up that well um whereas at least for c9 they've all played and lived in north america for quite a while <laughs> and they seem pretty happy there uh they also all know how their personalities mesh outside the game in theory like uh i, I know fudge and jensen haven't played together um, necessarily, but like, you know, they, they are all been around each other for a period of time. So there's like less in-game hurdles. You could make the case that, and I'm not making this case, but you could make the case at least in-game wise, TSM will be better. Uh, like if you're just like, oh, well, Maple's been to Worlds and he does really crazy when he gets to Worlds and Huni has hit this peak and if they all hit their peaks, TSM's better or something. But I, I, I don't see it. And the whole like direction of the org thing, you can spin that however you want. Like, yeah, C9 is not Team LCK anymore, and it's closer to Team LPL for TSM. But T Team LPL also crashed and burned last split, so like, you know, they're just doing it again, and it could just crash and burn again. So like, that point, like, is it really better to stick to a failing game plan? I don't know. Here's here's sort of my take on this. I don't think TSM's roster building like a top five team anymore. I don't think they're spending like a top five team anymore. And I don't think they're roster building like a top five team anymore. And they have dramatically changed their strategy in terms of building their roster. We saw that during this off season going into spring and we are continuing to see it going into summer. I think it's, it's also an interesting situation where you have a team like evil geniuses go off and like show what you can do whenever you try to invest over time in any talent. Like it would have been cool to see TSM try to pivot to something like that. Um, instead, we still have imports, imports, imports. And I, I just like, it is hard to have a lot of faith in TSM at the moment because I don't see them making the big plays that uh, old teams used to do. Um, in fact, this feels more like the CLG that we kind of mocked for a long time. Like, again, as, as funny as it is that there's like the, you know, I'd never let TSM become like CLG thing. Like the, what they are doing feels like a spin on the CLG take for a while of like. Well, even you saying that they're, they're not trying to be top five. I mean, we have another caller about this, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if I, if I want to go quite too hard on it. But yeah, I, I guess I'll save it. I'll save it. Sure. For There's another TSM take. This this was supposed to be the optimistic one, uh, and obviously we're all pessimistic. So it'll be it'll be a pessimistic <laughs> call or two. <laughs> I'm sorry, Oscar. I know you're a TSM fan and you're trying to copium out, uh, but we got no copium for you here. I apologize. There's not, not a copium dealer to be found among the three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I gave I'll you the. I'll tell you. 
I'll Good. tell you what, they've got a stable top laner, a stable jungler, they got a stable AD carry, a stable coaching staff, and they're bringing in two new imports. Hopefully that's all they need. How much do you know about how Maple's most recent performance has been? I heard he got subbed and was on the 13th place LPL team, but that's a-okay, I believe. Oscar, anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Travis, love to shout out you. Revenge, love to shout out you. Alienware, G Fuel, and that's all I got. See ya. No shout out for Mark and also a shout out for a competitor to a, a previous sponsor. That's okay, Oscar. I love you. Thank you for coming in. It would be the show if we didn't have uh, TSM Optimus call it in. Uh, but I really, I really appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. I gotta say, that was just like, even at the end, just the unshakable faith. Like, this guy could watch TSM get 10th place, and he'll be like, feeling really good right now, actually. No, no, this is, this is the thing, right? Okay, so at the start of this split, I did that poll. We showed the poll last time, and 10% of people declared themselves TSM fans. At the end of this split, I did the poll. 10% of people declared themselves TSM fans. Unshakable TSM fans. Okay, that's what they're, TSM's they're unshakable. Play, so. Like, yeah. yeah, stable top lane <laughs> with a straight face. Stable jungler. Didn't you know, Normally, I'd agree, but last split, I don't know. You know, like, hey, we're good. He was tenth. He was thirteenth place mid laner. We're good. <laughs> that guy um, was. That guy was really throwing out some throwing out some things. That's all I'll say. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll wait for the next. Is the next caller about TSM as well? We'll, we'll, we'll try and find uh, so we can, we can go all in on on TSM. Because uh, I I do have a take on TSM, but I'll, I'll wait for the next. To yeah, see yeah, let me, yeah, let me go awesome. find it. Go grab him. Go grab him. Uh, Chameleon, thank you. Uh, Epsion. Tap B for Bacon, V2 Beta, The Noblet, uh, It's it's Another Loser, Aerohydrius, and Samiz. Thank you for the one year. Thanks, everybody, for the subs. Uh, really appreciate it. If anybody's got a Prime sub, Twitch is going to nerf this shit soon enough, so please, uh, I got to get the good, good while the good is getting whatever. Anyway, Papa Don is here. Papa Don, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Boston. From Boston? Yep. Right, no way well this person's positive. What would you like to talk yeah, a Boston fan? What would you like to talk about on the show? Uh, I think TSM top five is control. Sorry, can you get a little closer to your microphone? You're kind of cutting in and out. Papa Don. Can we get uh -oh. you? Uh, I think, did we I lose think he, you? I think in the attempt to get close to the microphone, he, he unplugged he got his further microphone. Away. Papa Don, come back. Out. We can't hear you. Try to get your microphone back. Okay, um, Mark. It was good. Just, good run while it lasted. You want to just read their take? Oh, I saw it go green. Papa oh. Don. Papa Don, are you here? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. What's your take? Very good. Oh yeah, I was gonna say um, TSM aiming for like anywhere close to like top three is pretty full right now. Um, I don't think I don't think they're like anywhere near prepared to go there. Uh, I think, and I also think, like, specifically importing uh, support is super troll. Like, I don't think, I don't think you should be doing that. I think if you look at, like, the supports that are around, you could easily um, make a better bot lane. Okay, so don't, so they're not a top three team, and importing a support is troll. 
They're right not now. a top team and aiming for it's troll as well. Yeah. What would you who would you so who do you think they should pick up in the support role, Papa Don? Uh I think they should have aimed like uh like Ayla or like Ayla, yep. Yeah. That's that's a I think a very very big one. Isles is on the market right now. Yeah. yeah. Shout yeah. out to Busio, man. Dude needs to be on the team. Busio, yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's let's go with this. Um, one revenge. What do you think? Do you think that they should not be importing a support player? Uh, well, I'll say I think Busio probably needs another split at least in academy. I think he's definitely promising, but there's no way that if TSM is actually trying to go for top five or top three, they should get him. Um, Ayla, I don't know if you know. A lot of people know this, but people. Like, orgs put on really big buyouts for players, and people can't just, like, yoink a player from Academy sometimes. Like, I'm sure people want Ayla, but they just can't get him, or there's even a chance that he doesn't want to go to TSM. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe to be clear, splits, to know, be like, clear I don't know. He, he, if, he, if he wants to go to TSM, I'm sure they could get him, because Steve was literally on the Live Hotline League in Houston trying Travis. to market Ayla, but... What up-and-coming young player wouldn't want to join TSM? Think of the brand power they have. Just think, when you join TSM, you become a top-five streamer in North American Twitch. I mean, listen, I'm not Ayla, so I'm not going to speak for him, you know? But, like, I'm just saying, like, it's not just that easy for them to just joink a support from another team between splits because this thing's, there's a lot of financial things that orgs think about. Um... And on top of that, I think that support in NA is actually one of the weakest roles, period. Uh, I think it's not even close, to be honest. I think NA probably has the most far from, like, far from developing support talent, like, for a lot of reasons. I think, like, so the solo queue culture is not really that good for bringing up supports in general um, in most regions. I think... We just don't have many up-and-coming talents for the role as well. So I think importing support is probably the smartest thing an organization can do out of all the roles. And, I mean, like, look at C9. They're literally role-swapping Sven into support rather than looking for someone NA to get, like, that's a huge telltale sign that there's just literally no one, you know? Um, or it's really rare. So I think, I think them going for import support is actually, like, the least dumb thing that they could do. Um, however, I will say my hot take with Spika's contract running out at the end of the split, I'm pretty sure that I could see TSM changing like literally their entire roster next split. Um, or at least four of the five players. That's my take. I think that that I think from my feeling that team is just looking to try to do okay this split. I, I don't see them building the, the roster like you guys said to be a top three, top five team. It's just not spend that much, do okay, and probably completely revamp the entire roster next year, next next split. Like I, I could, I think that's more easy to see with these changes. And the yeah, only thing for me is, if so, you were really thinking of that, I feel like you would just try to find somebody to buy out Speaker's contract, so that like this split, so that you could make some money before. Like if you think you're going to lose them anyway. And you're just kind of trying to like do okay the split. I would definitely be like, hey, Spika, do you want to go someplace? Like, anybody want to pay me several hundred thousand dollars to have Spika? Like, 
I, well, that... let's think of let, let's think of that, right? Like, Hundred Thieves has a jungler that they're not going to change. EG has a jungler they're not going to change. Um, TL has a jungler they're probably not going to change. Uh, who, who else is out of who? Who am I missing actually? Out of the top four, the top, top five, C nine. Yeah. C nine. C nine is not getting rid of Blabber. Um, the rest of the orgs are either happy with their jungler or. Spica's probably way too... They'll probably try to sell Spica for way too much. Um, yeah, IMT... Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if TSM wants to actually sell Spica, they'd probably want to sell him for a lot of money. Um, uh, yeah, but, and, I mean, if you're losing him anyway, like, why... Like, even a hundred grand, you know what I mean? Like, we just saw... Even some gum, you know? Like, yeah. he's gonna be gone in, <laughs> well, in six months. Well, he's months. still a great... Well, that's the thing. He's still a great... If you're thinking, of, like, a GM, he's still a great player, so why not... Like if it's like a hundred or two hundred grand, why you might as well just keep him to split and have him perform, right? Like, I mean, do you think uh, he's going to perform if he's planning on leaving at the end? Of, and this is speculative, right? But like, if, if you think it you're losing him anyway, but, uh, like, why keep him around where no, he's I, just sort of like, all right, I maybe they can get anyone better. Like, who who would want to join that? Yeah, and like, and as Papa Smithy said, you know? it's still a contract year. Like, if if Speaker just goes out and shits a brick after having not a super impressive spring split, like he's just hurting his chances in the future to negotiate onto one of these good teams that like Revenge is saying he wants to be on. So I think there is some pressure on Speaker to still perform regardless. Um, though you could, I'm sure his motivation is going to struggle if TSM struggles as well, but that's less than him just like milking it and sitting and not giving a shit. So I don't know, I kind of see both sides. Like as a GM, if you think this player is absolutely fucking gone, Maybe he's not absolutely fucking gone, and that's why they're not doing it. Um, you know, maybe maybe he's like, well, you know, I'll definitely test my options. But TSM, you're still in the running. You know, like then maybe you don't move but, him away. But I mean, also from an org POV, like why would an org buy out Spica's contract for one split? You, I mean, they or, would resign them at the same time. Well, like, that I mean, that's his you, choice. You have to that's convince not, them. Yeah, yeah, that's his choice. Like, why would you know? it's so much i yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. it's no, so no, many things to go through that, that, that that's why i think that tsm can't just sell speaker you know i feel like it's way too hard that's so, my so, take yeah to, to backtrack us a little bit about like you both have said something about like tsm not trying that hard this split um and travis you said like not super expensive but like i don't see how maple can be that different than Kaiduo in terms of contract. I know Kaiduo's buyout was probably higher. It doesn't seem like the LPL team is trying to. I think people actually like they. It sounded like TSM actually had to spend buyout money to get Kaiduo. Um, but like, what? It's it seems to me looking at this is a move that says like, hey, we don't want to just suck ass in summer, so we're trying to get like a somewhat established. No, dude, this is name. like a move that like has Andy Din written all over it. Andy's like obsessed with creating this like this team that is like gonna build their brand in China and like you end up with a bunch of Mandarin speaking players and all this stuff and so I feel is like it, this is just a situation where he's like you don't have any budget Mr. GM go get me players that like I can have this team that is gonna speak Mandarin and like I can start to build because LCS is dying imports 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 I just want my team to be popular with players in another region or fans in another region like I don't think I think buying fucking Jensen is the move that you make if you want to try to like build something compelling I think like looking and saying like okay we're losing this year we're going to like 
try to promote some of our academy players and start to build an infrastructure that is meaningful. Like I don't look at this. Yeah, that, and that's my point. It's like it's he's not. It's obviously not a long term play. It's not going to make you more. Po- like I don't think anyone thinks it's going to make you more popular in China when like. like have you? Do you know how popular a uh, fucking blitz is in um in China? Like yeah, I, I know it's huge, but like why would people care that Maple is going to get seventh place in NA and that's going to make him an LPL I, like I an have, LPL fan of fan of TSM? I am not I, saying that this is a strategy that I think is good. But it lines up with what I think their strategy has become over time, which is, who cares about our NA audience? Like, we're going to go at... Or or it's either the flawed thought that, like, you can just build a team that, like, doesn't really that, resonate or connect with you. I don't, I don't your... think it's Andy Din's hands-on at all. I think it's Chowie and Glenn being like, hey... Yeah, but who brought in Chowie and Glenn? Well, sure, but I'm saying, like... They they brought in because they want to invest in LPL. I agree. That was their plan. And now they're they're getting someone... Who is probably relatively cheap because no one in the LPL wants him, but I don't think that this is like a plan for the future. But it's also not like it can't be that insignificant to to, to bring him over. As well as like, I just don't see the point. To the caller's point about like, okay, what's your goal with this lineup? If it's not to top three, it's not to develop for the future. Like Maple is Maple your new mid laner next year too. This is this I, is what happens. I just don't get what it is. This is what happens whenever you have a situation where you've slashed your budget and yet you still demand results with a roster. And and also you become obsessed with the idea of like trying to build like a brand in China. Like I think that is exactly what you see has happened here is like they are not spending the way they used to. They're not spending at the level of these other teams and they have a flawed strategy. They last they lost Scoutmaster Parth who you and I know was way more influential in creating a winning formula for that team than any of the TSM fans ever want to give them credit for. Yeah. And like they, that, what they've left with now is like Andy did's crazy, uh, wild adventure and every TSM fan is going to go along with it for the next couple of years because, and we'll but, see how it works. So you, you keep saying cheaper, but, at least according to, to, to Reggie's wild adventure, whatever you called it, you said that the lineup that they put together in spring was as expensive as the double if Jensen lineup would have been. So I yes. know they're not like and either out like- and, and, and that was either a very, very, like I've talked to people who have said that that is either so a very just, just generous interpretation of how much it would have cost to get the double if Jensen lineup or they like dramatically overspent. Okay? Like this team is not spending... Like they either spent like crazy on buyouts or they are, or they just don't actually know how much it would have cost to get double lift and Jensen, because I'm pretty sure like with the salary, like the amount of money that they spent on those five players last split, they, I don't think they could have afforded to get D- Jensen and double lift alone for that much. And yeah, maybe there's like the buyout stuff. And again, if they're spent, if they imagine if they spent this much money on buyouts for players that are no longer on the team, like that also shouldn't instill any confidence in a TSM fan. Well, they you just spent all this money them, to buy out these two players them, that you're now getting rid of after three months. One of them subbed into the FPX lineup and won player of the week. I think it was player of the week. It might have been player of the series. I forget what it was. Uh, but Shenyi had a lot of hype around him. And to get him, they definitely had to actually spend some money. This is like picking up, you know, tenacity-esque level from my understanding. You know, like you don't just walk into the LPL and get Shenyi. 
I think you know. here's what I think is happening, folks. So I, I think, think Mark spent money. is trying to get me to just spill everything that I have heard and have this big reaction here. And no, so he's I, just poking at the buttons right now to try to no, be like, what can I, I get I Travis to say? Now I legitimately think that they spent money. I don't think this is just some like low budget. We don't give a fuck move is what I'm saying. You know, like I, I think I think Maple was cheaper than than what they did in between the offseason. No, um, okay. I don't think I don't think it was a we don't give a fuck move. I think it was a we have a bad strategy move. Because it was not like this strategy was not like Parth's strategy. This is not like the roster he would have built if he was sticking around and had apparently been given, none like, of them were. <laughs> like I just don't I like again, I have said this before in content that it is um I I think the only reason I have optimism right now for TSM is that I like Dominic and I think that he is a good person um, for an org to hire. I just worry that he does not have the ability to push back on stuff the way that Parth and Bjerg were. And I don't think that he's been given the budget that Parth and Bjerg were. And so I like, I look, it, it's not bad for the league if, like, TSM pops off. It's not bad for me either because I finally get interviews now thanks to Dominic. But it is not, like, it is still not something I expect to happen. And I do think that there yeah. is a lot of copium hap happening right now for TSM fans where, like, if fucking Dig or Golden Guardians were making these moves, they'd be getting so much shit. But because it's TSM, people are like... TSM, TSM, yeah, yeah, this is all part of a master shit, plan. You know, like, I'm just like, guys, like... The master planners left that organization. One of them is at Team Liquid, and the other one is talking all about how it's important to build native talent and send your players to scout, like boot camps in Korea. Like, I don't, I don't think that. Again, like I just don't, I don't see where the faith is coming from. You know. Um. Yeah, I I think if you go check the thread, most people think that this move doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Uh, maybe the TSM fans are coping. Mo. Yeah, what's up? Where does um, it? Where does this? Where does this team end? <laughs> give give us give us the final say. What what's TSM end in the, in the regular season, in summer? Um, sixth or seventh. That's my take. Six sixth or, or seventh. seventh. Yeah. I think I think Spica, Spica and Maple are still better than. Uh, some other players, yeah. some other rosters I'm hearing, but uh, I, it might crash and burn as well again. It, it, it's it's really hard to tell, honestly, because I don't I don't really know who's in charge of the decisions being made, but I just don't. I think I think if the roster last split couldn't work, I, I don't really see this one working. I don't I don't think sixth or seventh is like a a. Like uh, I don't think that's unreasonable. As much as I was like not a believer, right? Like there, it's easy to see Golden Guardian, CLG, and like Dig filling up those bottom three spots. Hopefully, Immortals looks really good with the changes that they're making. Um, but yeah, I uh, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's that crazy. Look up Prime T. But uh, let's put it this way: I don't think it is hard to get sixth or seventh in this league right now. So, yeah. And that's that's why I have so much faith that you guys will do it this split. Uh, revenge, you'll get at least six or seven. Okay, Papa Don, thanks for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? 
Nah, nope. not really. Shout out TSM. I I hope they're good so I can be an even bigger hater this year. You you like, hope TSM is good so you can be an even bigger hater. Okay, well thank yeah. you, Papa Dad. We'll catch you. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. All right. Uh, on to the next caller. Thank you to uh, Simas88, Bezzybud, and PF Wangers for these subs. I very appreciate it. Um, okay, we should have somebody back here in a second from Mark. How how you doing, Revenge? Not bad, not bad. I was just um, trying to process a lot of the things you guys are saying. I, I do know some things too, but I will not comment. I mean, with well, regard the things that you have heard, at least don't sound, give you as much confidence if you're still placing them at six or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just being generous, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I think Ming, Ming, I like Ming and Huni, and I think, I think they can, I think they can bounce back. I, I mean, especially, especially Ming, but yeah, yeah. I think we're a lot of. TSM. We're a lot of speaker believers here, all right? Being a being a TSM skeptic does not mean being a, a speaker skeptic. Uh Squizomatic, where are you calling from? Hey, calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so my take was um I'm gonna preface this with I'm actually a huge hundred thief supporter. Um, but just sad to see my team flame out as they did. Um so my take PLDR version was I think for them to have continued success that we need to look to replace two of the three players and I think those are Huhi, Closer, and Abadaga. Sorry, like you said PLDR. you said two of the three players and then you said three names. Yeah, he said two of yeah, those yeah. three. Oh, two. Yeah, okay, two of those three players. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying replace two out of the five. Okay. Anyway, so. Uh, which do you have any reason why it's two of those three rather than just like a hard? Uh... Yeah, I think um, of like the roster itself. I think um, FBI is a good building block. He's a good ADC, good young ADC. Um, someday is like our impact. I mean, as long as he's going to be around, he's going to be a top five top laner in the league. Um, so getting down to those three, I think who he's probably the weakest on the roster. Um, he is still a strong support. But I would think people like Isla would be better, and that's just an academy player. And I think support, I know we kind of mentioned, alluded to it earlier, but with like players like Isla and Busio kind of out there, there is good young talent that you can kind of promote and wouldn't be that much, if any, of a drop-off. Um, closer, as he is like the MVP of the team, um, I do think he requires a very specific play style. And if he can't carry the game, I see us struggling more often than not um and we've never really seen him play a tank i don't think i've ever will ever see closer on sejuani or something like that um and then kind of abba i feel like he was a good he's a good stopgap and he is a good mid laner um but how the team wants to play or a good identity for them i don't see him really playing for jungle that well um or if we want to play through fbi i don't really see him playing to help the bot lane. He's not like a really lane dominant to kind of have mid be pushing to kind of help play for bot better. That makes sense. I see revenge just he's he's very I animated do. for this call. So I think I think revenge is uh is ready to hop in. Kept smirking. Uh, no man, I just I mean okay. What what you said about 
the team not being different if you just slot in someone like Busio. It's just wrong, man. It's just wrong. Like, I actually think this is this is like a perspective I want to give a lot of people who do root for top teams a lot. Um, but changing, I think for a team to be a top team, at least top three, I think everybody, at least at least I would say four of the five players on that team actually have to gel outside of the game. They have to also gel inside of the game, whether that's personality, synergy with a lot of things like the champions they play, the role that they fit on the team. It, it really isn't that easy to just slot in a new player on any top team and expect them to be a top team. That's just not ever going to be a thing. Um, unless, you know, you you really think about it and put in the pro like put in the time. Like we we see we see teams like like take EG for example, right? Adding in uh, JoJo and you know, changing like Vulcan and Inspired. Like they they did all these big changes, but it was in the big off season where there's a lot more time to think about things, just a lot more time to plan things behind the scenes, even have time to practice before the split, during the split. It's it's actually like not that simple to just replace a player on a top team with someone and then expect them to still be a top team. Um, on top of that, I don't I don't think Busio or Ayla are significantly better than Huhi to the point where they would actually like bring such a value that would make that team change. Um, I think what you said about closer was also just completely bizarre like i i don't like i i don't think tank junglers have been meta for like yeah. over a year and um so i think like i think that just made no sense i think closer is probably one of the team's top performers along with someday um and then what you said about abe i think i think abe was definitely not performing that great in playoffs i think if you wanted to make an argument for anyone to change, it would probably be him. But I still think that a change, like changing Abe or who he between splits, will not make that team be a top team. They will need a lot of time to develop if they change either of those two roles. That's my, on, uh, my yeah. Take. On the jungle thing too, like he he picked Jarvan a couple of times, which is the closest thing to a tank jungler you kind of get. He played Trundle sure. as well a couple of times, which again is a, is a basically a tank jungler right now. I'm sure if Sejuani buffs ever come through, like Closer will play it. Um, I think it's true that he's at his best on playmakers and more individualized champions like the Viegos and Lee Sins and things that can kind of like have that pop off potential. But like that, I don't think that means that he can't play other things the same way. Like, yeah, Smithy was great on control junglers, but he actually had a fine Lee Sin and like, you know, he, he could play anything. Like, I think people having play styles is not. A dirty word the way it sometimes seems to be to fans even to players themselves who, like don't want to be put in a box when it's like eh, it's it's fine to acknowledge that you have like your tendencies that make you good at certain champs or whatever um but yeah i, I don't think him not playing Sejuani when she hasn't been good in three years is is like a a good argument to make as an example him. but i mean that's fair i mean I also said yeah. two of the three closer probably being my distant third of those because of when he pops off he is going to carry the game. Like he's like one of those MVP candidate kind of players. So I would lean more toward who he and Abba. Um, and to Revenge's point of yes, Isla or Busio would be that much of an upgrade. But I could, I would say maybe the upside of having a younger, newer player thinking long term, not just saying to be a top team this split, thinking like kind of long term for the team, wouldn't the upside kind of outweigh the synergy? Well, all right, well, pretend you're the GM of the team and your owner is telling you 
I mean, I mean, you could just look at Nate Schott's tweets. The guy is like, win, 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 win. That team is not. I'll tell you right now. Um, I don't think Hundred Thieves is ever gonna try to be a development roster for a while, unless uh, and and if they were, it would happen in Spring Split, not in Summer Split. That's for sure. Um, I think them making changes entering Spring Split wouldn't have made like wasn't gonna make that much sense just because I think, uh, I mean they won Summer Split, right? Uh, I don't think they looked great at Worlds, but they still looked okay. Um, and I'm sure that the guys, all five of them, probably really get along. I know they tried to slot in tenacity. I'm sure that's something like probably Papa Smithy or their, their GM did push, you know, for the future of the org. Look at this, look at this new prospective top winner, but it probably didn't work. Um, but my point is, is that if you're making changes to a roster like Hundred Thieves with a goal which is to win, you're not gonna make a change between splits uh, unless you can seriously like have the proper read on it and and it's like a necessity I, which i don't think it is i mean they were literally in finals um i think mm -hmm. that team will still be fine to make a run at finals in summer if they keep the same roster and if you want to look at the org for long term and focus on development that's that's just something that won't happen until probably next year if they wanted to do that and even then i think it's yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about how that org thinks, but but my point is, is moves like that are decisions that the org makes based on like goals, you know, and and their goals have to change or adjust if they want to go that route. Revenge, think, uh... not to not to send us down too much of a, a rabbit hole, but you were mentioning that you don't feel like making like a top team making changes during spring or summer is going to lead you to be su to successful. Does that mean like you're very down on Cloud Nine? Well, no, I think, I think unless, so, so let, let me reiterate, I think, I think if you're looking to like revamp the org because of really, really big issues that arose, like a team booming, like from my understanding, I don't think hundred thieves boomed, like, like we kind of boomed last split, obviously we're changing three of our members. We were in the top team, but I, I think teams making big changes between splits, it can, can actually be really good, but I don't think that it is good when you're looking at a team that's like a team like say TL or hundred thieves or even EG, for example, you know, um, because I think that they actually did have good systems, good rosters, you know, and like a, a good roster and good systems in their rosters. And we saw them look like very good teams. Right. And so I think to justify making a change of a player like who or like Abe, especially closer is just, it would have to mean a lot of things are actually happening behind the scenes in that team for mm -hmm. things to, to change, which I don't think, from my understanding, they are. They are. Um, uh, but either way, uh, to your point, Travis, about C9, I think I think C9 definitely was having a lot of internal issues, for sure, from, you know, I'm sure you know probably some, um, and I know that uh, we could see it in their gameplay as well in the playoffs. It wasn't just, uh, I think I think Peter, was that, is that Peter Dunn, who said 100 Thieves had one bad day? Like, I think C9, didn't just have one bad day. It was definitely not just something like that, right? So, I think, I think them making the kind of these kind of big changes between the splits as a top team is more justified and probably understandable from like a, a management perspective. I think. Yeah. And to give Travis's take on this, uh, roster turnover is bad, and Hundred Thieves are popular partially because they have a good group of guys who get along well together and make 
good content and uh, they should stay together if they're all getting along and making finals and stuff like that. I'm that's worried about Hui. Well, yeah, that that's also a point too. For sure. Like I'm very um, I'm very curious if this Biofrost sad tweet is related at all to to a hundred T support situation. Sorry, go ahead, Squizzamic. Uh, oh, sorry. Um no, I was just like another another point um that didn't in my that I typed in the overall comment um, of like kind of complacency sort of that kind of leans into that. How last year they won summer, obviously it was a great run this year. They made finals. Um, but I would say even last year going into this year, this team, I don't, I wouldn't say is leaps and bounds better than everybody. Um, like the TLs, EGs, cloud nines, um, the other top teams in the league. And as they make changes to try to improve their roster, 100 Thieves kind of staying same because Synergy, I don't really see how much more this roster can grow. And that's kind of why I lean to looking at replacing one, maybe two players here and there. If it's not this split, then going in the next split, seeing where this goes. But like as the other top teams make changes to get better and they kind of stay same, I don't see how, if your aspirations are to just kind of be good in NA, then they probably will keep doing that. But, I mean, they've talked about wanting international success, wanting to keep winning NA, and, I mean, they just got – they had a bad day. But I don't see how everyone else is as constantly improving. They're going to stay good in NA slash have that international success. Yeah. That's why um, I lean on, like, kind of replacing one, two people. What, what, what top teams do you think are making changes exactly? You said – well, like, just, I mean, like, in general, like, so the beginning of the year, like, everyone did. Like, you know, C9 had their overhaul. TL had some overhaul. EG brought their people in. Um, well, this, oh, right, right. And then now okay. going into going into summer, Cloud9's overhauling again. Um, but, like, going into summer, I don't – I think TL's just going to get better. Um, they're going to kind of address what went wrong. And they're with their experience, they're just going to get better. They're not going to get worse. And they were already – they – I would say our hundred thieves almost you could argue got lucky against TL. I mean, I like the win and it was a great win. It was a great game, great series. Um, but I mean, that was definitely pushed to the brink just to beat TL to get to finals. <laughs> Look at the kitten. Um, so like if, if they're just going to keep staying the same, where do they kind of fall if everyone else is improving and has a higher ceiling? If EG's not replacing anybody, but they're still, skew younger as a team they have a arguably well, a higher ceiling if they've already won well i'll i'll reframe i guess how you you think a bit about teams i guess in your perspective staying the same because if a team is ending the split in finals or even just on the higher end of playoffs that team is the opposite of staying the same um throughout the whole split metas change and the teams that actually are at the top at the end are actually teams that can adapt and grow and actually mold into the meta or whatever like strengths they have as a team and i think to say that hunter thieves isn't growing or is a team that's not showing growth is just wrong um i i think i think i think it's just straight up wrong i think i think hunter thieves definitely does grow or, or sh it shows the prospect of growing as a team throughout a split which is ultimately or adapting which is just the most important thing that a team can show, you know, 
they've shown that by getting to finals last year. They showed it by getting to finals this year. So I, I think you should think more about the process of what it means to make it to finals as a team. Like even take EG, they were not looking great throughout the split at the start. And then they scaled into playoffs and grew as a team, you know, like, and made cool. it to finals dominantly. Uh, and I know you're saying, EG, I know you said that EG made changes and stuff, but my point is, is that even if, even without changes, like the players are still, still have capabilities to improve and grow and change and adapt to certain metas. Um, and that, that, that's something important to think about. Yeah. And, and C9 and like middle of the season, EG and Hunter Thieves both of like, not ass, but like, you know, fourth, fifth best teams and it's TL and C9 were hundred percent the best teams in the league. Right. And then ended yeah. the split different stories so yeah teams go up yeah. teams go down thank you squizomatic unfortunately uh we need to move on because we've still got a lot to talk about um in a short time but thank you for the call anything you want to shout out yeah no worries it's great thanks for having me on um obviously shout out all your sponsors it's a great show um shout out immortals hope you guys do better always like to watch you guys um shout out the broadcast with mark and i'm gonna shout out my favorite my other favorite podcast the 100 Talk Pod, I know this has been brought up a lot on the desk more recently a couple times. They host a rec league every Thursday where the bronze get bronzier. It's really fun to play. Um, yeah, so shout out you guys. Yeah, Thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Uh, we're going to take one more call, and then we'll do a break. Mark is off to go grab the next caller. Uh, Chuck oh. Reels, thank you for the sub. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm sorry to all of our video callers, or sorry, vi video watchers right now on live or on YouTube, but we are having some issues with Mark's camera. So hopefully we will get that sorted uh, in due time. And you guys will be able to have just a, an image of him rather than the um, terrible image that is there at the moment. Paul, revenge if you want to get uh, water, go to the bathroom. This is a good time to go. This is a Travis call. Oh, boy. Oh. Rob. Where are you calling from? I'll be I'll, I'll be listening. I'm just gonna grab food. I am calling from cafe in Guangzhou, South Korea. Oh, you're in South Korea. Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about yeah. on the show? Uh, so I wanted to talk about how, as a fan that wants to attend MSI, it's a little bit. It was a little frustrating uh, about the kind of radio silence about like the tickets and um, about how there wasn't really any info about when they would go on sale or. Um, Jay just came out like this morning, basically, or yeah. this morning, my time. And so, um, they're also, they also changed the schedule kind of last minute for the rumble stage, which was the stage I was first interested in attending. So it's just not that they necessarily did anything wrong because of the COVID stuff, but it's kind of like annoying. And, uh, to give a little bit more context, like the most comparable MSI, I guess, because it's the last one that had an audience, I think was 2019. And uh, they announced the tickets, I think, like, six weeks before. They said, like, they're going to go on sale March 25th. And then I think the uh, stage started May 10th or something. So there was quite a big gap between, like, the stage games and the tickets going on sale. And then another gap between them going on sale and being announced. Whereas right now they announced the tickets are going on sale tomorrow for the first stage. And the games are starting in, like, eight days. Um, and, and they're going on sale for the Rumble stage on the 11th, and they're starting on the 20th. So it's only like a nine-day gap. Yeah. Uh, you know what's really annoying? Did they express any explanation for why this 
was a thing. Like what? Like it's. In, I'm looking up the the post right now because I saw the tweet go out and I saw a lot of people frustrated about the like situation. And even before this, people were complaining like, "Hey, when are when is our tickets going on sale? This is like something that we've been waiting." Uh, unfortunately, the Law Esports website is not loading. Is anybody actually? Uh, LCK tweet. LCK tweeted it out, um, and I think Law Esports did too. Uh, but. I yeah, think the site isn't learning. website is broken right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, one they got it up on their website twice, and one of the links works, and one of them doesn't, um, which is humorous. I think what's disappointing to me is that there was no effort made in this very very minimal post to like apologize for or like try to explain. Like normally, Riot would come out and be like, "Hello, tickets are on sale." First off, we want to apologize while for like the delay. You know, there were these situations that uh, prevented us from being able to accurately tell when we were going to be able to do this, and we wanted to make sure that it was safe and blah 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 blah. And I um, am kind of surprised that this is just so like it literally leads with MSI is just around the corner. Yeah, it is just around the corner. In eight days, this thing is happening, and so. It really doesn't, I, I feel for you in that it feels like there was not much effort or there's not even like any kind of sympathy to the situation that they put you guys in, um, in trying to do this. So it's like, I, I agree. I understand. I have some lenience to the idea that like the situation in Korea is pretty crazy. Like I only just found out that they're not doing on-site media, like in the past couple of days, um, and only have the ability to register as media around that time too. Like. And in the past, I've been more critical of the stuff. I want to give them some room here because I know how weird it is. But it's like a little disappointing that there was seemingly like no sympathy or explanation or understanding of like, sorry, guys, like we kind of fucked you over if you wanted to go to this event. Um, so I think that's kind of disappointing. Can I ask you, since you're in Korea, what what the situation is like there? And if it's like weird that they're holding this with an audience at all, because like from what I heard, it got really crazy there. It was really crazy. I landed about eight or nine days ago. So, um, but they actually just lifted the outdoor mask mandate yesterday, okay. and they have been easing the restrictions of like how many people you can gather for, um, you know, going to bars and stuff like that. So uh, they have been easing restrictions as I think they hit their peak about a month and a half ago, maybe a month ago. So it is coming down. It is still kind of a little bit dicey, but. Um, yeah, the, the, the fact that there was no communication and combined with like the high case count had a lot of people even questioning, will there be an audience? But everything kind of pointed towards there being an audience, but there wasn't, I don't think there was an official confirmation from Riot. They, no, that they announced that one. like, we're excited to have it in front of an audience whenever they announced it. So I yeah, I don't know if it was confirmed whether all the stages would have an audience or just finals or something yeah. like that. So it was a lot of like. It wouldn't be having it in a convention center in Busan if there wasn't an audience and everything. But it, just the fact that there wasn't much communication around tickets made it uh, very uncertain and difficult to plan a trip because, you know, Busan's kind of far from the rest of Korea that people typically go to, um, like Seoul. So it's kind of like you have to go out of your, your way to go there. And if you don't know whether you're going to get tickets or not, it's a little bit annoying if you're a trip for Revenge, did we lose you? Looks like Revenge might have dropped out. Oh, he's back. Okay. Um, All right, I'm up. No, you're good. You're good. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's just a little disappointing the way they handled it. And it's the type of thing where like, I'm happy you bring it up on the show because I think for a lot of us there, we're like, well, we're not going to go to worlds or sorry to MSI anyway. So it doesn't impact us. But if they did this, for instance, around worlds this year, it would be very upsetting. So I, I do not like, I'm, I'm happy that you're raising this as an issue. Um, did you go over there specifically to see MSI? Uh, no, I'm here for five weeks. I'm visiting in-laws and uh, everything. So uh, I was already here, thankfully. Um, and it'll be my first league event I'm ever attending. Um, so I'm pretty happy about that if I can get tickets. Um, but the only day I can actually attend is the first Rumble stage day. To, yeah. So, so that's another get tickets tomorrow, you're shit out of luck. Yeah, if I don't get tickets for that, I'm kind of screwed. So that was another thing. Is like, yeah, but... Uh, uh, you know, I'm just happy for the the opportunity to be able to go because they don't really do East Coast events. Uh, the last one that they were doing was uh, Newark, which got canceled. So that's where I usually am, you know, residing. So yeah, yeah. Well, best of luck getting your ticket. Sorry to hear about that. But is there anything you want to shout out before we uh, go take a quick break? Um, no, not really. Shout out to my wife who's playing Wild Rift uh, at the cafe next to me. So. Nice. I play so much Wild Rift ARAM uh, at night. I just get in bed, watch something, and then play Wild Rift ARAM. Uh, Rob, thanks yeah, so much I for the call. I... Oh, go ahead. Thank you. Bye. Uh, I was just saying I couldn't deal with the, the players in Wild Rift, so I uninstalled. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> no, ARAM is fun. You should try that. It's very low, low uh, stress. Anyway, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Grubhub. If you watch the live Hotline League, and so many people came out to to see that, uh, you you have Grubhub to thank for that. They've been fantastic uh, to work with. Really, really appreciate them. I believe you might have just a little bit more time to use code Frenzy if you're watching live. If not, it's I think it ends on on today. So uh, get in your code your Frenzy orders on Grubhub if you'd like to do that, uh, because I do think it's it's slowly running out. Uh, but thank you so much to Grubhub for making Life Hotline League happen. It was super cool to work with them in Houston. Uh, Mark, have you ordered anything? You've been traveling, so I don't know if you've had a chance to order any good Grubhub food recently. But nope, maybe you could have left not. Ashley with some of your Grubhub credit to, uh, you know. Well, she ordered a lot of avocado toast the last week, apparently. Okay, well, there you go. So there goes your Grubhub credit, I guess that that you and I both get. It's all into the avocado toast. If, if you end up working MSI, which I am aware you cannot comment on publicly at this time, perhaps you can leave her with some more Grubhub credit because we've got, you and I just are getting the drop right now from them because it's the beginning of the month. So thank you so much to Grubhub for making uh, so much happen for us and making Live Hotline League happen for sponsoring it. Uh, please use the link in the YouTube description if you can to uh, check them out. You can also use the one that I just dropped in the Twitch chat. Uh, but thank you to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. All right. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Off he goes. What are you eating, Revenge? And why are you eating on the show? How dare you? I am I am starving, honestly. I, I My food delivered like an hour ago, and I did not grab it. But it is a shrimp udon dish and chicken karage, so yeah. Japanese. Nice. Well, yeah. Hope you're enjoying it. Thank you for uh, for doing that. 
I uh, I usually get screamed at whenever I eat on the show. People people don't like it, so I I was I was uh he I was, was getting some show food requests. Yes. So he was respectful. <laughs> he was muted. He wasn't talking with his mouth full. Travis, very. Cadmus different. is here. Cadmus, where are you calling from? <laughs> I'm calling from the Bay Area. Calling from the Bay Area. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take was that I think Jack needs to take responsibility for the early departure of Summit and the overall collapse of Cloud Nine. I specifically think that it's really unfair for a lot of the other players and staff on Cloud9 to be bearing the brunt of the failures, whether it's people dogging on Summit and his play, whether it's people blaming Winsome or talking about Isles or, you know, that Fudge was a mid-laner, um... Or, or blaming Max Waldo, which I think was probably who's probably the person that took the biggest blame, especially when it came to their drafts. Um, I think that we don't have complete information about what has happened with C9, and thus it falls on the responsibility of the owner and the manager of the team to accept responsibility and to answer questions because I feel like there's a lot that we don't know and. With Summit leaving after just getting MVP, and then Perks leaving just before, that Jack has bungled two major star acquisitions in a row, and he doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. What would you like to see from Jack, specifically? Um, I would like... Uh, I think my ideal scenario would be I would like him to do a press conference and take questions from reporters is probably what I think would be the best um, case scenario. You know, I think the the single video that we got after um, LS was removed or after LS resigned, whatever happened with that, is not something that's very overproduced is not something that I think is very transparent. You know, I, I think, for example, when the Cleveland Browns acquired Deshaun Watson, you know, their owners had to do a press conference and had to answer questions from reporters and take some level of ownership on that issue. And I think that Jack should do something similar um, because I think the fans in the wider community are, own, are owed that type of transpar transparency. Okay. Mark, I can't speak to this because people will just be like, haha, he said press conference. Travis likes press conferences. So, uh, what do you think? I don't know. Ras, uh, excuse me. Uh, Mo sounded like he was ready to go. Um, well, I'll just say, um, think, uh, just, just one thing to preface. Like, I, I won't, I guess, like, defend C9. I don't want to sound like I'm coming off as that or defend Jack. Because I think your point about him. I guess just answering some questions to fans is is fine, but um, sometimes it's actually in the benefit of both Summit and maybe even LS that some questions aren't answered. Um, I think that it shouldn't always be viewed as like, oh, the player leaving, it's bungled. Oh man, it's Jack's fault. Like, because from Jack's perspective, he's the CEO, right? He's doing things that. Are best for the org in his perspective right um maybe the fans might not always understand that but in doing that 
there might be some questions that if answered could maybe make some it look really bad or make ls look bad like and and potentially harm their careers right so that's just something to keep in mind uh when you want like full transparency about things from from people like that kind of transparency might actually hurt the careers of other people you know and it's out of respect for them sometimes like that that might be why you know you don't always get that level of transparency as a fan that you want from you know from organizations from people who were kicked from different teams and stuff like that um but that's just my take I, i'm not you know I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that's fully the case for, for C9, but I'm just saying it's something to keep in mind when you want answers for a lot of things from orgs. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, oops, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so th this isn't my, my point. I mean, I personally would, in, in general, when it comes to sports issues, I tend to place a lot of responsibility on the owner um because that's the common trend you know that's the common through line between a lot of these different issues whether it was you know perks or whether it's now um uh summit and, and ls and, th and things like that um but i yeah i'm well aware that it could also not make players look good i don't it probably wouldn't make the whole organization look good but that's kind of besides the point i think is that right now when we're talking about C9 and what went wrong and what they need to do is that we simply have incomplete information. We have a total lack of what was going on behind the scenes. You know, we don't know. It, it's a mystery who is responsible for C9's drafts, for example, uh, because, you know, on paper, it's sort of the coach, but we also know that players, you know, take a big part in deciding picks. Uh, that there's this sort of like consensus, but we don't know where that consensus is derived from at all. There's all this incomplete information, and that leads to people pointing sporadic blame at different players, at different people on staff, and that's not fair to any of them uh, for there to be this rampant speculation um, about them and about their play and about their you know job there are people that have takes that say oh you know max waldo doesn't deserve to be a good coach well we have no idea how to actually evaluate max's job because we have no idea what was going on behind the scenes um and so that's what i really think the transparency is kind of needed needed not necessarily because it's definitively going to protect these players and protect the staff but so that we actually know what's going wrong or what is the issue and we can actually evaluate whether or not c9's decisions in doing this roster swap is and or so, you know role swap okay. fudging role I, swap I just want to i just want to cut in because i feel like we, we're kind of rehashing kind of where where the original take was um but i do want to say that i'm a little surprised by twitch chat's reaction to this which is to generally feel like i see a lot of people saying like this is nobody's business this is like very um, like a very entitled take or something like that. This is pretty standard in traditional sports, and it's not even that unusual in esports. Um, the best example of this is like you had a lot of controversy a year ago when Team Liquid had Alfari benched and Jat left, and there was a whole lot of stuff that went on there. And TL actually did do a press conference and came out and like took answered questions from uh media folks and they were like um steve did not 
explain everything that went on behind the scenes, right? He like found that line between disclosing the things that he thought could be disclosed and kind of dodging the questions where he didn't want to throw Alfari or Jat or somebody under the bus. But I think it was still appreciated by folks. And so like, I don't like, again, I get it. I'm a media person. Like my, I'm going to veer more on the idea of like, let's do something. But like, I don't think it's that crazy that fans are a little disappointed that the only thing that we've gotten any only comparison communication we've gotten out of anybody so far is like that one video, which did not go over very well. Um, and, and hopefully we'll see more transparency and more communication in the video that they're planning on talking about with the roster changes. But like, I just, I'm surprised that people think that this is so wild of a, of a take. Now I, I think, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mark. No, no, you can keep going. I was just going to say like, well, no, I'm going to go. I'm, I've got some other summit stuff to talk about. So I, on this topic. So if you have something, I, I was going to say, please. we're still in the middle of all the changes. So it's a little preemptive, I think, to call for this because summit's gone. Yes. And when some aisles are gone, but they haven't formally announced the Sven thing, the fudge thing and the presumed Jensen thing. Like those are all leaked through other sources or whatever. Um, and hopefully when those are announced, they do a nice video that includes a sit down and hopefully it comes across more authentically. Like you're asking for, it doesn't feel like they're reading quite off a script, uh, where they, they say why these changes are made and they don't, to, to your point, Travis, they don't have to be super uh, like transparent to Mo's point. They don't need to be like, yeah, we wanted to work with summit, but, uh, he never fucking changed his champ pool and he was being a, a dick to people, <laughs> you know, like you can find a way to toe the line, um, between, you know, putting players down and being like, hey, the team was really struggling. We couldn't find an identity toward the end of the split that worked. And it became apparent that a change was needed because like the, the team was not progressing at all anymore. And like, maybe maybe you can find a way to word it. Um, and then like explain why you're making these changes or whatever. Um, and so that's because we they haven't announced the new players yet. There's still some hope uh, for Cadmus that we will get that transparency a little bit or at least some answers. But if they just kind of put out another tweet like this except now saying the players joining <laughs> i think then fans have a right to be like they tweeted that the they fuck? were gonna have more information coming out but i do i do think people will be disappointed oh, yeah, if, there's a tweet underneath yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah i do think people will be disappointed if the only thing they do is kind of a rehash of of the previous video yeah um so yeah. I, but I think press conferences in general should just be more normalized in esports and not like the crappy ones with players after a win or a loss. And not that those are bad, but just like, I mean, they're not great. Um, they're not great, but, but no, but I like think, I think a press conference when you are like, here's our new roster. We're, we have a press conference at the start of the split with like TSM did that one year because um, Gillette made them and it was like a sponsored activation. And so, and I don't even like, honestly, fuck it. Like sell your media day. I don't give a shit. I will do press conference or interview with your players in front of some big banner that has some sponsor, hopefully not competing with mine, but whatever, I'll make it work. But it's, um, it is, I, I agree with you. It's a good idea to try to do more of that stuff. Yeah, I, I think, like, you can just do it however you want. Like, just get on a Skype call with, like, eight people. Don't even need to, like, stream it, you know? But, like, just, like, field questions. Because I feel like what the, the problem with, like, the announcement videos is, that, like, they tell their story very clearly. And people are like, wait, but what about X, Y, and Z? And they're like, we're not going to address those. And, like, 
you know, press conferences at least give you the chance to be like, hey, but what about those things? A little well, bit. they oftentimes feel more real, too, because you're going to get yeah. more off-the-cuff conversations. And Yep, yeah. yep. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about while we're on the topic of this is that uh, I do think the Summit stuff is fascinating because it is... I think him leaving to Korea is continuing the schism that is in our league right now between like the five teams that want to spend and the five teams that don't roughly five and five. Well, we what also I have, heard. Uh, oh, sorry. We, the, just so you know, the final caller is going to challenge you on summit leaving being a bad thing. Um, so I don't know if that ties into what you're about to say or not, but uh, I, I'll just say it now so that we can have the further context for the conversation. And if she wants to, to if she's listening and wants to use this information. So what, what I heard was Summit, like C9 tried to shop Summit around. And originally, initially it was like here, you know, with a buyout. MVP top laner, who wants them? Then eventually nobody was biting. Like no, no team was interested in paying a buyout. So then it became, all right, who wants Summit? Uh, what if there's no buyout? Does anybody want Summit? But supposedly his salary was, the number I heard, was 900K. And in some cases, that is not too far off from the total salary of some of these bottom tier teams. And so then it was just like, okay, well, those teams aren't going to take him. And again, like kind of what Revenge was saying earlier about these top teams, like who's going to, is 100T going to go swap out someday for uh, Summit or whatever? So you end up in a situation where like nobody ends up wanting this player because the top the four of the top that four of the top one of them is trick is a top team and none of the other four top teams want him and then none of the bottom five can afford him and there was some questions obviously he didn't do a good job of marketing himself in the <laughs> the playoffs so this is what ends up happening you know and i like i don't think that there's necessarily any fingers to blame point at like i am not even as I decry the lack of um, Summit staying here after getting MVP, like I think it is more our system has failed, right? Where you have some teams that are so obsessed with like import players, you have some teams that are willing to spend way more than other teams. You you then have those players if they wash out, not don't have a place to go because their expectations should be that I'm going to be able to get close to a million dollars. You know, it's like you have a lot of these players who I was talking to somebody who works with one of the teams who's just like, there's a lot of players that will just not play if they're not getting half a million or a million dollars. You know, they're just like, oh, I'll just take a year off or something. And so it's just a very weird system that we have right now. And the league feels kind of broken um, because all these different like kind of market dynamics, maybe it's the best word for it, all compete to create situations where you can have a player come over from Korea. How much time, Mark, did you guys spend fucking hyping this guy up on the desk and investing into storyline building? And there's interviews that were done with him that myself did, that Riot did, that all this stuff. And now he's just gone. And so Nicole will call in in a second here and tell us why I'm wrong. Uh, and I'm but, happy to have the conversation, but I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. Yeah, we're already, we're already 10 minutes over, so we got to go faster. Uh, Revenge, why don't you give your job to Summit? 
Yeah, let me just let me just hit the hit my guy up. Maybe <laughs> okay. we can. Maybe I'll be I'll be I'll go like Peter Zhang agent style, and I'll be like, yo, I'll take four fifty k. Um, <laughs> you can play at IMT. Uh, you have to change no, your name to Revenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh. Papa Smithy wants me to wants to know from me how much the highest paid player in the league makes for context, and I. I would say, Papa Smithy, I'm sure you have that information. I don't know why you need to ask me for it. Just go. He's, because people in chat were saying, like, 900K for Summit. What the fuck? And, like, there's a lot of players north of a million, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Not, like, ass loads, but, like, it's not like Summit's the most paid player in the league. Right. But it is a little surprising given that, like, he's not, uh, you know, perks or something. You know what I mean? Like, he came over here and, and kind of had to build the name for himself. And so it's... I don't know. It's kind of surprising how much was. Nor normally, you have to work a little bit to get to that point. All right, uh, Cadmus, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh, shout out to Alienware. Uh, shout out to Revenge, best uh, native NA top laner. And yeah, that's all. Thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, man. All right. We're in for our last caller. Nicole is here. Nicole, where are you calling from? Uh, Calgary, Canada. Calgary, Canada. Welcome back to the show. It's been a bit. Yeah, it has. Okay, so tell me why I'm wrong. Okay, so basically, like, my point is you were saying, like, oh, Summit winning MVP and then leaving is, like, super bad for the league. But then, like, in order to avoid that, it's either, like, okay, C9 either doesn't pick up Summit at the beginning of the year or two, C9 keeps Summit for the, at least like the remainder of the year. And like, I think C9 going for Summit and like just LCS teams who have the ability to go for like huge import players. Like, I'm not a huge fan of like all imports, but like big name players like Summit on like C9, I think that's beneficial to the league. It brought in a bunch of hype. We can test our own players against them, right? Um, and then also to the point of, okay, well, why don't C9 just keep Summit? Something like clearly wasn't working, obviously. I don't think C9 is like super stupid with their moves. I think um, they would have really tried to get something going with Summit, just given like how much like he brought to their brand in spring and like how much he was popping off in spring. And just the fact that you said like no other teams really wanted to pick him up is like another red flag where it's like, okay, something must have been really, really bad. And I would rather have C9 do what they think is right for their roster in order to win in summer than try to hang on to Summit so that you don't get this, like, oh, our MVP is leaving after one sprint, after one split, like, kind of arc that you're arguing for. There's a there's a couple things here. So, one, I don't know if Summit was a big name before he came over here. I feel like LS hyped him up and, like, people were really excited about him as a signing. But, like, when I, I think big names, I think like Perks, Alfari, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not trying to dog on Summit, but like... Well, because you don't watch LCK. <laughs> no, no, I know. I look <laughs> And Summit hadn't been to an international tournament. When would you have heard of him? No, no, but that's my point, Mark, is like, it is not just me. Like, it is a lot of people who... And it's not like I hadn't heard of him, but it is... It, you, like, do you, do you honestly think Summit was a big name before he came over I here? I don't think she... I don't think Nicole meant big name like big superstar that everyone has a million Twitter followers. I think big name is in like people respected this guy and thought he was good. I don't know. I think, yeah. I think a bunch of, I think 
I think there was a small subset of people who knew who he was, but a, t- a tiny fraction of the North American audience. Yeah, but that's not the point. The point is that if you if you if you're trying to sign people who you think are legitimately good and can win you a title, and you have the resources to do it, shouldn't you do it? I think that's the point she's making. Okay. Um, Revenge. Do you want to get in here before I I talk a little bit more? Um, I I mostly agree. Um, with what you said, I I think I think um. C9 releasing him was definitely for a reason, right? Like, I think, I think though, before you get into it, Travis, I think to Travis's point is just about, you know, signing someone and then having them leave. That's the reason it's damaging and stuff is just, it does feel bad for the league in the sense that you have somebody who's being, you know, given storylines and all that stuff. And then he's just gone. Um, I think, although I do agree with you that if C9 is looking to win, then they should do everything that they can to win. Similar to why the reason why they signed Summit in the first place, right? Um, I think it just overall does suck for the league. There's no arguing that. Um, I think I think the, the positives you mentioned are th- that doesn't take away from the positives you mentioned of him being in the league, like leveling up. You know, seeing how other like our you know top winners or you know myself included play against him, and you know. All of that. I definitely agree that those are positives, but I guess the question that I now have is: Does the negative of, you know, the negative of you know having someone like him come and then just leave uh, outweigh the positives of that you mentioned? That that I don't know, or I haven't thought about that much. So, I here's here's where I will agree with you, Nicole. I agree with you that like. C9 should not have if if Summit was not working out and they felt like this wasn't a good situation that they should have definitely said goodbye to Summit. I think where I look at the problem is before we even get to where you're talking about, right? Which is you're like, well, they should have signed him and then if he didn't work out, they should they should be willing to get rid of him. I think there's a couple bigger systemic issues here, which are one, should they have been willing to sign him for the rate that he's, he was signed for? Like, should someone have been paid 900 K to come over here? Because if we had a situation, I say this with revenge in front of me and uh, I know players want to make good money, but if we had a situation where players were paid less and you had way less of a spread. And for instance, you have a situation where like, one of the top teams right now is paying like 5x in, in salary what the bottom team is paying. Like if you didn't have a system where you have such a huge spread, perhaps Summit would never have been making 900k. Maybe he would have been making 450. And maybe if he's making 450, then he is more able to get picked up by another team who's willing to pay, take a risk on him because they're like, okay, well, that's much more reasonable. So I think when I look at the issues that are causing such turnover, I don't think of it exclusively as teams are too willing to bring a player in and kick them out. I think of like what what causes them to kick them out? What causes them to leave the system? Also, why is it that we need to go get Summit rather than trying to find North American talent? And again, I know North American talent, everybody keeps saying it over and over again, right? But like there, there is a balance between looking at, well, we didn't make finals this year or we didn't make worlds and the solution is 
go find the best talent from outside of the region to bring them in and looking to develop talent within our own ecosystem. And the more that we can shift closer to finding talent within our own ecosystem and more promoting players from academy and amateur and creating systems and having things like what EG and 100T have built to, to, to develop talent on our own, the less likely we need or the less dependent we will become on bringing over players who very easily and very readily boomerang out of our system back to other regions. And so I look at it as like, these are the broader systems. It is not like the, this kind of like dichotomy of, well, you, you should get, either get the player if you can and then like not, don't have them if they're not good. You have to look at the broader picture and say like, well, why are we in the system uh, in the first place where we've decided like, Jack has to go get a player like Summit, and then we've decided nobody can get pick up Summit whenever he leaves. Can I quickly add to this? Yeah. Because, um, like, you said, like, oh, yeah, like, we should be developing our NA talent. And I love, like, developing NA talent and seeing, like, like Danny and JoJo succeed. Like, that is so exciting. But do you think that that storyline would have had the same, you know, like, I guess, hype around it if the rest of the league was NA talent as well? I really don't think so. Because then it's NA talent shitting on NA talent instead of NA talent shitting on imports. Like that's so much cooler, you know? So like to say, oh yeah, like maybe we should be looking, I think how it should work is like top tier players. If you're able to get a top tier import, like Summit was considered at the beginning of the year, you should really go for that. Cause I think like having that up against like NA talent to see whether that NA talent, you know, can stand up to that is really cool. Like it's the mid tier imports that I have a like issue with over NA talent that could develop. But like, I don't know, just in this situation, I think yeah, bringing like Summit over and just those top tier imports over like is, I guess, like beneficial to the league. So to answer your question, your your initial thing, which is like the the import situation right now builds storylines where you can have EG bring in these players and it's very exciting. There was a time in this in this league where the league was very popular and did not have a single player from another region competing in it. And so like, yeah, it is cool. I do like the storyline and it is fun to be like, oh, look what EG was able to build. But like you get different storylines in situations where you don't have players that are wrote, like where in situations where you don't throw out half the league year over year or where you don't spend a bunch of money to have a player um, compete for one year and then have them leave like perks and Alfari and Sword Art and half a split or one split with, with Summit. So I, I don't think, again, like I don't, and I, again, I'm not arguing for a world where like players are not able to come over. Um, but I do kind of wish that we never had this like grandfathered system um, because I think the original designers of the import rule, the fabled import rule, had this vision of you've got three players that are North American and you've got two players that are from another region. And, you know, when we end up in a situation where like you could have had a finals here where it was like TL versus 100T and there's just no North American players there. It's uh, it's not it's not the best. I think here's here's where I think some of the, the issues lies, not just the importing stuff, but also like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did do really good due diligence or something, but or that it was just a total crapshoot that these five players didn't work out to the point that you have to blow it up mid split. Um, but I often wonder if teams really do like talk to Summit's former teammates to get like his shortcomings and not just trust their own eyes um, and like really talk to people. Cause I, I don't know how often 
um, teams always do stuff like that. Um, and I would like if, like, like what could have been so like so bad that you had to blow it up mid split, um, that you, you couldn't have mid-year? seen coming. What? You mean mid year? Yeah, mid mid year. Excuse me, that you couldn't have seen coming with a little bit more like research or something, um, or like you know, I don't know. That's that's how I feel about a lot of things that change mid split. Is you probably could have seen that problem coming, and it's not like it just came out of fucking left field. I guess, uh, I guess to to add one thing, I, I do think that I guess I agree with what Nicole said about having certain imports get you know shit on, for example, by by NA players. I think I think that does make great storylines. But I do I do think Travis, to your point about you know there was a time where there was no imports and there were like different kinds of storylines because people retain in the league longer. I think that's something that. I think I hope that will come back where regardless of whether the player or not, well, my, my issue is, is I think, I think that that's kind of faltered even, even so that there are still players retained in the league and there's not storylines being built for them. Like, I, I think that's kind of a bigger issue I see too. Um, I think while imports leaving the league fast does hurt that, I think that it's still an issue regardless, um, from Riot's side that I wish, uh, I wish that it was just done better. I don't know how exactly. I'm, I'm not uh, the best person to ask on giving the proper solutions for that. But I, I don't know if narr- the narr- yeah, like narratives and storylines are faltering right now only because imports are coming and leaving after a year. I think I think that hurts it, but it's not the biggest reason for me. I um, I don't think I don't necessarily think that it's the 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 only reason or the biggest reason, I do think that it's a huge reason why viewership is slumping. I think it is the the biggest reason why viewership is slumping. And I don't necessarily say like imports exclusively coming in and out, but like players coming in and out of the league, huge roster turnover. And like imports, I think are are in a lot of cases the most likely to to do this like kind of boomerang, right? Because they're just way more likely to be like, fuck it, I'll just go back and play for vitality then end up on a different team you know mm. yeah no that 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 makes sense too though so, yeah um raincloud says viewership is slumping because the quality of play is bad people love to say that and then whenever you go survey people that's not why they say they're not watching people i don't think that in fact i don't think the average lcs viewer could tell you what is good and isn't good play well, they yeah. can if they listen to co-streamers tell them. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was oh. going to say. That's the only time that they're doing it is because they're like, well, I heard X person say that this player's dog shit. So, like, it is, it is I think, very, very inaccurate to try to pretend that, like, like it, imagine a world where, like, North America played in, like, a silo and people weren't really watching all these other regions and there were no co-streamers or whatever. Like, I people would just watch. Like, there are other regions that perform worse than us that have great viewership. And it's because people care about their players and their storylines and not because it's, you know, if we, I like to think we are better than Brazil, Brazil still gets great viewership. And I think has recently overtaken LCS viewership, quite frankly, um, based off of a couple things that I've seen. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Nicole, I'm sorry we disagree on this. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's entirely wrong what you're saying. I just think I am trying to look at a, a broader picture and maybe that's 
that's where we disagree. Um, but anything you want to shout out before we wrap up the show? Um, shout out Raz if he's still in the chat. He got he's, timed out. He, Unfortunately, he was. Spinning. Oh, I, he he goes or he went to the university I'm going to. So like that's kind of cool. Oh, well, uh, I'll yeah. I'll untime I'll un untime him out because uh, so that you can say he can say. Something hey, hey, that. Travis, time this out. System, 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 <laughs> system, 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 system. Sorry, Nicole, you were saying. Yo, Raz, uh, just a shout out to Raz because yeah, he used to go to the university I'm attending. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much uh, for the call and we'll catch you next time right, shout out to much. raz he, he also twerks just if you didn't know so true so true <laughs> okay uh so <laughs> where are we at okay revenge what do you want to shout out um hmm let me think gosh i was listening to everyone else shout out things that i now i now do not even know what to shout out uh shout um, out your, your new 80 carry Oh yeah, yeah! Shout out my new AD carry. Uh, won't name them, but sh oh, shouting shit. them out, shouting out my new jungler as well, who I will also not name. Huge shout outs to them. They're 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 probably you know probably grinding right now, getting ready for the season. Really proud of them. Um, but yeah, no shout out to you guys. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, it was really fun. Shout out to all the viewers who came and asked questions. Um, maybe I was a bit harsh on some of you, but it was it was still fun. I enjoyed at least. Ho hopefully, I gave a good uh pov on some things whether that was from like uh you know just a player perspective or maybe how like orgs think on like the inside um hopefully that was actually helpful but yeah uh shout out to latagris who sub 10 minutes ago or 16 minutes ago and said open this on mobile in the middle of the take feel like it's the middle of a serious convo uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of serious convos tonight uh <laughs> but Mark, I'm seeing you and Raz on Twitter right now, so I don't. You guys, you guys uh, I don't need to shout out, you asshole. You, you don't let me show my cat. You don't let me spam system in Twitch chat. You don't let me have any fucking fun on this show. This show sucks. <laughs> so see you next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. Mark, I just had to figure out a different way to transfer money to you. Okay, uh, I feel like it's it makes sense for you to do the show. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, no. Uh, shout out Mo for coming on. It was it was a really good episode. I don't think you're that harsh on anyone. I think you can go even harder next time. There were no, there were All a right. couple people where these poor these poor nervous people call in to give their take in front of fourteen hundred people, and I saw Ra Mo Raz. You already... said or not? I don't know why fucking Raz talking about. Um. You said uh, revenge. That what did you say? You said somebody's take was just bizarre. I think is what you're like. You're like, <laughs> I think so it's harsh. just bizarre. Uh, well, no, I just I, I okay. Like some of the people were talking, and I I could not not laugh. I I would just uh, yeah. I don't know. I hope my facial expressions weren't too harsh on them. I guess, see, that's why what... I don't think you went too hard because I could see how much more. Not frustrated, but but more ridiculous you thought the takes were than you stated. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's always, when a fan speaks from their POV and they're, like, talking about what, like, they think an org should do, it's it, it's like, like, kind of yelling at the clouds, like, ah, yeah, change closer in who he, and 100 Thieves will be top team, you know, it's like, man, it's just so out of touch, you know, it's like, I no, no point to that guy, like, you know, like, he was a nice, 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 uh, chatter and everything but it's just like 
I, I wish they could understand a bit more the inside and, and like, like then they would understand how out of touch their take is, but they just won't. So it's like people, people yeah, can know. only know what they have access to. And like, we're all privy to additional context and we try to share it the best that we can, but it's like, it's always going to be difficult. You know, some, it's just, sometimes it just seems from the outside perspective of like, why doesn't this org just do X thing? Like that would just solve it. You know, like, just sign this player, do this thing. And so I, I like, it's, it's a, I mean, Mark went off on a tangent this year about earlier this year about how like fans should feel upset about certain things, even if they don't have the context because they don't have the context. So I don't know. It's, I mean, that was, that was less about saying who people should replace or not more like, you know, either way, sorry, team, team, team should give them a reason to give a fuck about their org more than, more than anything. That's that's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, for my shout out, uh, so tomorrow with Emily, I am recording a show uh, called Rift Reaction that will be out on Wednesday. I want to make sure I haven't got an email that we got any kind of delay or cancellation, but I don't. So I think I can tentatively say that supposedly we are interviewing Joe Marsh tomorrow for the show. And so if you want to hear us talk to Joe Marsh ahead of uh, MSI, uh, we'll have him on uh, the show, so go listen to that. Uh, other than that, shout out to Mark, who I'm sure is jet lagged, but still made it on. Really appreciate it. Shout out to Revenge for coming on. That was super cool to have you on. And uh, that's the show, everyone. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>